0: You're listening to the Oz Movies podcast only on the Oz Network.
1: Welcome back to the Oz Network for maybe the close of anniversary month, as we managed to get through the month in one month, making record time, at least over the last two years, and we're going all the way back in time, or depending on if you're doing this chronological order of release dates, all the way forward, maybe a couple of weeks. From last week's 1994 episode, True Lies. And we're now up to 1994's 25th anniversary of Speed! Maybe the most excited I've ever been to talk about an action movie outside of all the James Bond movies and Die Hard last year. And we're going to cover everything about Speed and 1994 and all the Keanu Reeves. So if you hear moaning in the background, it's just Jamie listening to our recording. My name is Colin. That's my name, Colin, as opposed
0: to ma'am. And my name is... Oh, it's going to do Charlie Fleahan. I've lost it already. God damn it. You think we'd edit this out and make it professional? Uh, my name is Charlie Fleahan, and you're the expert. I just work here. Or, don't fuck with daddy. Uh, welcome, Charlie Fleahan,
1: to the podcast, everybody. <laughs> Feel free to follow him on Instagram. Or me. like him on Facebook. <laughs> Join dozens of others who like him on Facebook. <laughs> And I'm sure LinkedIn and everything else. But uh, let's get right to it. Speed. Uh, It it almost sounds like I'm talking down when I say I am more excited than I've ever been outside of every single James Bond movie. But in all honesty, I mean, Bond is like at a completely different level of, you know, fanaticism for us. Uh, And when we covered Die Hard last year, I, I... I think I literally described it as like one of the most joyful moments of my life, <laughs> and I kind of feel the same way about Speed because what Die Hard was to me as maybe uh, I can't even remember how old I was. I was I was young when I saw that pre-pubescent. Um, by the time I was just hitting puberty, Speed was the movie that really got me into action movies, uh, like proper action movies, and I I don't know why. Um, I think my period or the period of watching this every single day has passed, but as I'm watching this movie, I'm remembering watching this movie every single day growing up, being you know thirteen fourteen fifteen and on, and knowing this movie by heart, you know knowing every single angle, every single shot dissecting it all I mean, I kind of forgot as much as I've always known I love speed I kind of forgot how obsessed with this movie I was because it's something that I now only watch maybe every couple of years, but I can remember this movie coming out and wanting to see it more because of Keanu Reeves than anything else. Because as a child, along with, you know, star Wars and die hard, uh, the thing that I lived and breathed for was bill and Ted, which was what Keanu Reeves breakthrough was, which is just, you know, dopey comedy along the lines of like, what dude is my dude. Where was my car? How do you pronounce that? Dude, of <laughs> my car? To win? Well, you my can't car. pronounce, <laughs> if you can't pronounce the title of dude, where's my car? You have issues. Uh, <laughs> I'm on the intellectual level of the guys from Dude, Where Where Was My Car <laughs>
0: and Bill and Ted. Big shout out to Sean Williams but, Scott. His name hasn't been mentioned in a few years. Just want to mention it again. He's still alive, folks. He's been mentioned, he's
1: been mentioned less than, uh, what's his name? Charlie Flehan.
0: <laughs> he's a Ryan Felipe this- of the early 2000s. Yeah.
1: By the way, as I'm doing this, I'm going to follow Charlie Fleehan on Instagram. <laughs> And join me in liking him on Facebook as well. Uh, But anyways, I was obsessed with Bill and Ted. And, uh, you know, because Keanu Reeves was in that, I kind of find myself always want to watch every movie with Keanu Reeves. And when I go back and I look now at the movies he was making around that period, trying to get taken seriously as an actor, I'm kind of glad that I didn't find my way to watching my own own private Idaho or um, Much Ado About Nothing, (laughs) these movies that – yeah, somebody just hitting puberty would have had no interest in but speed was like the right movie and i remember seeing the trailers for it and just thinking like this looks amazing not even making the connection of it's Die Hard on a bus as you know we're <laughs> gonna joke a lot about in this um and i remember getting so jealous because it was an r-rated movie and you know the rating system is different in canada that every single province has a different rating but this was still rated r here i think and uh my br- the way the R-ratings are in Canada, it's different than in America, an R-rated movie means if you're under 18, as long as you have an adult, you can get in. Here in Canada, an R-rated movie is nobody under 18 is getting in. Now, the exception is if you go to a drive-in movie theater, you could see it. Um, my mom didn't have a car, <laughs> uh, or at least not at that period. She didn't have a car or wasn't able to drive. And I remember my brother going over to his friend's house for the weekend, and they went to the drive-in theater, and they got to see I think it was True Lies and Speed – and just being so jealous. And, of course, this is 1994 when it took, I don't know, like six to nine months for a movie to come out on, on video. And I was there, like, first day when it came out on video. And it was one of these things where I think I watched it three or four times by the time it went back the next day. And, uh, you know, I, I couldn't get enough of the movie. out We never owned it, but we, you know, made a recorded copy of it uh, after renting that on an opening day of uh, the video store. And I still, every time I watch this movie, I still feel jealous. It's so weird because I've seen this movie way more than any other movie uh, from the 90s, probably with the exception of maybe Apollo 13 or uh, The Phantom Menace. Um, Possibly like The World is Not Enough might be up there just because of how much I love James Bond. But I've seen this movie so many times, and yet every time I watch this, I'm still jealous, and I still feel like, oh, I wish I'd been able to see this in the theater because as many movies as now get released, you know, 20, 25th anniversaries, I've never been able to catch this one on a big screen. And so uh, if my brother happens to be listening, which I know he does every once in a while, uh, you suck and (laughs) – If speed ever comes to the theatre or a drive in the theatre, you owe it to me just because uh, I didn't spit on you and disown you as my brother because you got to see it first.
0: I'd love that. If my brother's listening, uh, which he often does, uh, you suck and... <laughs> <laughs> You're out of the family. <laughs> well, I once saw this movie about a bus that had to speed around a city, <laughs> keeping its speed over 50, and if its speed dropped, it would explode. I think it was called... The bus that couldn't slow down. Oh, we spoiled it last episode. Um, <laughs> Still funny. I was seven when this movie came out. <laughs> um, and R is the same in Australia. So, you know, you've got to be 18 to see it. I, I don't think it was rated R in Australia. It might have been rated, oh gosh, I think it was only rated M, which is mature audiences, you know, 15 and under, you know, recommended to have somebody with a parent. Uh, MA is like restricted. You've got to have someone 15 and over with you. Um, but I just would have seen this one of the many times that dad would just put a random movie on on a Saturday night, like action movie. And then again, just loving this movie, constantly watching it. I think I might've even seen speed two first from memory. And then I went back and watched this perhaps. Maybe I have a vague feeling that when speed two came out, we got it on video. And then dad was like, Oh, we need to watch the original. So possibly that's it. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I maybe didn't watch this as much as you did. I was sort of one that I'd watch every now and then. it, always, it seems to be, I think a film that was always on TV late at night, and you're like, "Ah, oh, wicked speeds on, I'm gonna watch it. Um, but I think we've you know we we talked a bit last week about how we're sort of becoming the Arnold Schwarzenegger network. Um, I think we're becoming the Jan de Bont network. We've now this is the third out of five films he's directed. we've covered. Uh, we've just got to tick off The Haunting and Speed 2, and we've covered every single film Jan de Bont's directed. So um, we're nearly we're a full set, nearly. I've um, never seen The Haunting, but I can stomach Speed 2 Cruise Control. What happened to Jan de Bont after this movie? Uh, who is he? Who is he? Like Speed Where and Twister dominated, directed Speed 2, then The Haunting, then Lara Croft 2, and now he's off think- uh, hanging off with Sean William Scott or something.
1: I think the last two movies you mentioned explain what happened to Jen to Bond. <laughs>
0: <laughs> But Bond. Uh, but, you know, I great. This is a fantastic movie. And, I mean, I'm probably not as excited as you to cover this one. But I think we've chosen, with the exception of one film, three very good movies for anniversary month this year. <laughs> um, it would have been four very good films if Colin didn't think we needed to do something different. Uh, <laughs> no, i never get two hours of my life back.
1: Let's go back and listen to the end of the Book of Henry, where it was a very mutual decision, and you're the one who said, the notebook is 15 years old.
0: (laughs) And then Ben wished he was never born. (laughs) That's why I'm now Charlie (laughs) Flehan. I've said a lot of bad stuff on podcasts over the years, Colin, that was the worst. Hey, let's do the notebook! Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll have Manifa all over again thank you very much <laughs> oh no 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 bad memories
1: uh, one thing you mentioned with, with Jan de Bond that's interesting is that uh, I knew he was a cinematographer before he got a directing. Like I think this was his directorial debut and before this he was a cinematographer on both Die Hard and Lethal Weapon 3 which were you know probably the precursors to like this style of action just all out explos- explosive you know R-rated, violent, but, you know, it, very intense explosions. The things that became everything that was bad about late 90s action movies, he was really at the forefront of it being good action movies. And I think that's what always surprises me when I watch this, is how well this movie holds up and how good it is in action. I mean, there's nothing about this that's even dated. I mean, the only thing that would really date this movie is the cell phone that he takes from Toon Man. And <laughs> even that, I mean, it's 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 not like it's featured prominently. You know, I don't think that... I feel like this same movie could be released today, and you wouldn't have to change anything about it, really. And it would probably still be as big of a hit, and maybe even bigger of a hit. But I mean, at the time this came out in 94, I, I kind of allude to this in the last episode. Like, this was like a phenomenon, even though... If you look at, like, the overall box office, yeah, it was huge. It was, like, the top ten highest grossing movies of the year. Eighth place overall. We'll get into that in the end. But this was just the movie that everybody was talking about. It was similar to something like, you know, Mission Impossible Fallout when it came out. When it wasn't like it was ever going to make as much money as Avengers Infinity War. But everybody was saying, you have to see this movie. It's unlike anything you've seen before. And another movie I mentioned last week, like, Get uh, Get Out and A Quiet Place that just – People were caught off guard. They're like, you would not believe how good this movie is, and especially connecting with younger audiences. I feel like when you look at Die Hard and you look at Lethal Weapon and Rambo and the movies that preceded this, all R-rated action movies, but very much targeted towards adults. And speed comes out, and I would say more than anything, it was just the casting of Keanu Reeves that gave it that appeal for young people. Where even if they couldn't see it when it was in the theater, I mean, I could remember just for a couple of years after this, everybody talking about speed at the same level you hear people talk about Marvel movies today or Star Wars movies. It was like a full-fledged phenomenon. And uh, Keanu Reeves, I mean, he skyrocketed, even though he was quite famous before that. He skyrocketed, and I'm really interested to talk about you know how he – I'm not going to say sabotaged his career – because uh, I think he he took a very interesting route, but he intentionally avoided not just doing a Speed 2, but really making a career out of being typecast and intentionally pick, pick these things that were never going to achieve this level of fame. So it, it's weird for people, I think, who weren't around in 1994 to hear how big Keanu Reeves was. But uh, like as much as Speed was a phenomenon, it was Keanu Reeves that was a phenomenon. And the young audience he brought in was huge because if you look at action movies after this, you know, within a few years, we're getting the Fast and Furious movies. And now all of a sudden, all action movies seem to be targeted towards 14, you know, 15, 16 year olds.
0: It's a very interesting concept that on paper kind of sounds dumb, that let's make a movie about a bus that if it drops below 50 miles an hour, it's going to blow up. Like it's legitimately something that sounds incredibly dumb. But it's also something mm-hmm. that you would think to yourself, well, that's a very basic idea. Why has that not been done before? Um, you know, mm-hmm. you can put this possibly in like, you know, a week Law and Order episode or NYPD Blue or something like that in the 90s. But the fact that it worked so much and that it is such a huge deal of a movie, it, it really is incredible. And I am going to probably offend you a lot here, Colin, when I say I've never seen Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure or any of the Bill and Ted movies Um, my first, my first taste of Keanu Reeves, um, you know, if it wasn't speed would have been the matrix. So I kind of never got to see him in that sort of typecast dumb sort of stoner guy before he did a movie such as speed. But I am... I don't want to say a, what's the wrong thing to say a closeted Keanu Reeves fan because I don't think it's something that you need to be affra- uh, ashamed of being a Keanu Reeves fan because I think outside of movies this guy genuinely seems like a, a, a humble decent human being mm-hmm. the fact that he legitimately catches the subway to work and uh, what was it like uh, the sad Keanu meme that went around for a while and just, just he just seems just like a normal guy who's obviously you know reached high huge levels of fame but just acts like a normal bloke like he just doesn't have to Mm -hmm. go out of his way to be anything different so i've always been a keanu reeves fan and i always watch this and yeah it's it's definitely keanu's movie i love sandra bullock too um still it's Mm -hmm. weird to hear the words academy award winner sandra bullock in the same sentence but i still go with it just because i like sandra bullock um, and Jeff Daniels, who's playing yeah. another guy called Harry in 1994 in a movie. <laughs> so, um, two movies in 1994. I appreciate Jeff Daniels playing the, the character Harry. So, just everything about this movie kind of fits him well. Uh, Dennis Hopper as well. I always do get confused with the two speed movies. I think, was oh, is this one with Willem Dafoe's a bad guy? Or Dennis Hopper. Uh, which is probably <laughs> a bad thing, because everybody wants to forget yeah. that there ever was a sequel to this movie. But, um... Yeah, it's crazy. It's it's really crazy that a a, a film with this plot is so darn good. Um, and I, I, mm-hmm. do, I do have to agree yeah. with you. I think it would work today. Uh, the only other reference I think maybe is a bit dated is, let's drive a bus around an airport for a while with no implications and blowing up a plane. <laughs> maybe that might slightly be dated, but who knows.
1: Mm. Uh, it's important also to mention, like you said, Sandra Bullock, because uh, I don't know if this movie came out and made her an instant star uh it was sort of as time passed and i think speed started to develop a bigger audience over the course of a year that everybody remembered oh yeah the girl from speed but like the chemistry between her and keanu reeves was so important for this movie as well Mm -hmm. and within a year of this coming out or less than a year she has her next starring role while you were sleeping and that becomes this massive hit and then suddenly sandra bullock is the most bankable actress in hollywood uh, so you get Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock both reaching, like, uh, unbelievable success. And then somebody like Dennis Hopper, well, you know, even though it's not like Dennis Hopper came out of this and he's like, I I demand $5 million for my next role. <laughs> but there was so much association with Dennis Hopper and, like, appreciation just from fans. And like you said, you know, Jeff Daniels and, and Joe Morton. Oh, come on. Mm. Like, who doesn't love Joe Morton? And these are actors similar to, like, we were talking about Galaxy Quest um, I'm different from Galaxy Quest. We were talking about how these actors just – the Galaxy Quest in some ways was like the best thing they ever did and even true lies. There are a lot of similarities with our anniversaries this year uh, other than The Notebook. But um, just the fact that we're 25 years later – and if most people see Dennis Hopper, they're going to say the villain from Speed. If most people see Jeff Daniels, they're going to say Dumb and Dumber or Speed. Alan Rock. I guarantee. Alan <laughs> Rock, yeah. Probably almost as remembered for Speed as he is for Ferris Bueller. And Twister. Uh, I, and Twister. Um, and, and for me, Spin City. I, I'm so uh, excited, yes. you know, just that. This gave us Alan Ruck post-Ferris Bueller. I love
0: Alan Ruck. <laughs> oh, Hashtag... choking, on, choking on my love for the man. Alan Ruck month, coming next year to the old yes. <laughs> we, we could, could totally do we it. We could probably get him on the show.
1: Oh, if we did, like <laughs> I would lose it. I I'm, I love Alan Ruck. So much so that like Ferris Bueller is another one, kind of like Bill and Ted, like a childhood favorite movie of mine. I think a childhood favorite movie of yeah. everybody from our generation. Uh, and yet... If we interviewed Alan Ruck, I'd probably talk to him more about Spin City than I did Sorry, Joey uh, Slotnick,
0: but you may have been replaced. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get him on to co-host with us. Oh, God, (laughs) yes, please. (laughs) Uh,
1: But, like, yeah, the the cast is huge. Uh, Jan DeBont, like you mentioned. Graham Yost, the screenwriter. Now, just mentioning, like, you know, the simple plot, like, you'd think somebody would have come up with this. Graham Yost uh, came up with the idea for this movie because his dad was telling about some old movie – where it was about a train that couldn't slow down. And years later, we would get the train that couldn't slow down, speed knockoff, Unstoppable, with uh, Chris Pine and Denzel, which also was a pretty good movie. Uh, But Graham Yost came up with the idea for this and decided to place on a bus for whatever reason. And this guy, if you look at his filmography, I mean, involved in so many of the best and worst action sci-fi movies (laughs) of that era. You know, he follows this up with Broken Arrow, another one of my favorite movies from the 90s. Uh, Firestorm with Whoa. Steven Seagal, I think that was. No, that wasn't Steven Seagal. That was some football player. Um, Often confused. Hard Rain, which I th- tried to start watching again Chubby last rain. night with Christmas Slater. <laughs> Chubby <laughs> Rain. <laughs> gotcha, uh, sucker! Mission to, <laughs> mission to Mars, which I kind of consider a guilty pleasure of mine. Which is that uh, one? And is is that it's really really
0: the team? Fa- there's, there's two Mars ones that came about at the same time, isn't there? is not Was that yeah. the, um, the...
1: This is the Gersonese
0: one. Oh, right. What um, the... Oh, why have we gone blank on his name? Yeah, that was with Val Kilmer. But then that's the one with um Tim Wotsey's face from Shawshank Redemption, right? Where his head blows up.
1: Oh, it's yeah, Tim Robbins. Yeah, Tim Robbins and Gary Sinise were Mission to Mars. Right, yeah, I
0: always get those two confused. Anyway, sorry.
1: <laughs> uh, but yeah, like Graham Yost has since gone on to really uh, find his career in television doing uh, writing for uh, like the Pacific miniseries Fallen Skies, The Americans, one of my favorite shows. Uh, I mean, everybody got a huge boost off of this movie and it almost feels fitting that we should start talking about it. We've waited 25 years. Why don't we jump into the movie? Um, let me take back what I said earlier. Um, (laughs) There is one more thing that's dated about this, and it's the exact same thing that was dated about the opening of True Lies, and that's <laughs> the opening block letter titles.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. Like, what is it about, like, the early, like, this is just, it's a fugitive all over again. True Lies. Like, this is just how they have to open a movie in the night. No- Do people go to the movies in 1994 like, and go, wow, look at the graphics. That's amazing. Do you think that these would
1: look cooler if it was re-released in 3D today? <laughs> I want to see cheesy block letters in 3D. I'm not
0: kidding. I hope that we go to the like movies in 30 years' time and we look back at like when Marvel does like a 20-minute introduction you know, like with the MCU. Yeah. And go, oh, God, that's so dated! Like... Yeah. <laughs> uh, but
1: just the opening credits over the elevator shaft, too. I mean, it's a good setup. And that's one of the interesting things that I found about this is that... Um, before I even get into how the idea came up about this opening, I remember seeing all the trailers for this movie and wanting to see it so bad. And when my brother saw it, asking him, like, does the whole movie take place on the bus? And I really wanted a whole movie that took place on a bus. <laughs> and I remember him telling me, he's like, no, like the first third of this movie is like, you know, a terrorist attack in an elevator. And then there's more stuff on the end that is not on the bus. And I remember almost being disappointed at the point where I'm like, oh, have I gotten false hopes about this movie? <laughs> is this going to be any good? <laughs> But the idea of this is that Graham Yost wanted the entire movie to take place on the bus, and the studio said, no, you need some variety. (laughs) Write some stuff in an opening, write some stuff on the end, have the middle act all take place. Uh, And that whole opening act we get here is basically because the studio wanted it. And I think it works because I don't see any other way you could have set up Dennis Hopper as the villain, which I'll mention a little bit how that wasn't the original plan as well. Uh, But uh, we get the elevator shaft, cheesy titles, uh, we get the theme music, which oh, so I don't good. know why the theme music. Yeah, well, how is the theme from Speed not more famous? Like the score for this movie is fantastic, yeah, and it's the same guy did the score for Bad Boys, which also I love the music and the theme for Bad Boys. Um, the music's just perfect in this movie, and this is again at a time where action movies it was just noise. I mean, still to this day, action movies is just sort of like noise and bass, and here it's got like a really exciting heroic dun, dun, theme to dun, it too. Dun,
0: dun, dun. I feel like. Oh, so good. I wish we didn't have copyright problems because I would just end this whole episode as Colin's talking about speed. Yeah, let's do it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you, you can provide it. As I'm talking, you keep. So there's business people letting go of a feeding. And they're all riding down in the elevator. It's kind of annoying now, alright, move on. And I should mention uh Dennis Hopper is working on the elevator or down in the basement and this guy comes and you know excuse me you're not supposed to be here i need to see a work order And he stabs him in the eye so we know immediately he's a villain um I'll the business people...
0: understand you know could, maybe that guy was a villain maybe he was you know like... <laughs> This is like prejudicial. Like you don't ask a man for a work order <laughs> in Los Angeles in 1994. Like, let's be honest. If Dennis Hopper was younger, he wouldn't have been asked. He was being ageist against him. <laughs> like, I mean, the Rodney King thing really started when they asked
1: for his work order. Yeah. Okay. So like, this is a touchy subject in 94. Very much so. Like,
0: don't jump to conclusions just because he stabbed someone in the eye. He could be a very nice man. He might be donating uh, that three point seven million dollars to charity to the Rodney King Foundation.
1: Somebody else who's very nice. I love this is the business people who are riding the elevator down. Uh, the guy who's pressing the button multiple times. <laughs> By the way, a lot of people do that. I'm sure I've even done that. It's like, uh, are you sure you push the button enough times? You know, it doesn't come faster the more <laughs> you push it. Like these two guys are always at each other's throats. I love the the girl. Who starts whispering something to her coworker? You can totally tell they're having an affair Like, Something that does not belong in the movie but it's kind of fun Anyways and I remember my friend and I we used to watch this movie You know two three times in a row And we'd always be like what do you think she's saying to him Of course at that age we're like I'm gonna make you A special dinner tonight baby <laughs> <laughs> I mean let's give our theory what's she really Saying here uh,
0: How bad is it that they ask for work Orders these days in elevator companies
1: <laughs> M- My guess is she's like I don't like sand. It's coarse. It's
0: rough. It's irritating, and it gets everywhere. Yes. <laughs> about coming come. no, she's she's whispering in his ear. <laughs> yes. yes.
1: Um. <laughs> 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 so, anyways, the elevator breaks. It starts plummeting down, and then we get the guy. <laughs> Again, again, Bob. What button did you push?
0: <laughs> um, the real villain of this movie, Bob.
1: <laughs> yeah, Bob. Bob's the villain behind Simical all of this. Bob. <laughs> um, so we get our first glimpse of Joe Morton, Jeff Daniels, and Keanu Reeves, the three heroes. Uh, they're LAPD officers, but like, is this, is this like a SWAT team they're on? Because they seem very SWAT-like, and yet they're they're called detectives and everything, and they have desk jobs. I don't understand it. But obviously it's like Joe Morton, let's just say he is so real (laughs) in anything he plays. And I 100% believe this guy as like this hardened, almost drill instructor-like police chief. He has jurisdiction over all of Los Angeles, apparently, Mm -hmm. as we find out later on. But like Joe Morton's so good in this movie, just the way he's shouting orders. And And there's something that is often done in war movies. I know Saving Private Ryan's one of the ones that's most famous for this. But I'm sure a lot of war movies have done this, where they'll put their actors that are playing soldiers through boot camp together. And it's done, A, to really get them used to, you know, uh, what it would be like, like how harsh, you know, war would be or just training. Uh, but also just to sort of develop this camaraderie. And I feel like they did that in Speed with... You know, at least Keanu Reeves, Jeff Daniels and Joe Morton, because like they just the way they interact just feels so real. The way these guys hold their guns as they're going to investigate the elevator shaft, it just feels different from what you see in other action movies. Uh, the, the setup is that they have one hour to deliver three million dollars and they're like, great. So we have 23 minutes left. Like this is the problem with having Joe Morton and his crew Jurisdiction of all of Los Angeles, because it took them 37 minutes to show up to a guy bombed an elevator <laughs> and there's people barely clinging to their life. Uh, and I love just the tasteless humor, which comes across as so sincere and sweet from Keanu Reeves, when it's like, is there anything else that's going to stop this cellar? Yeah, the basement. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's hope that doesn't happen. But funny enough, <clears throat> I'm again choking on my love for Keanu Reeves. Oh, um, bless him. Funny, funny enough, this script that Graham Yost wrote was meant to be very diehard like, and that the Jack Traven character was supposed to be kind of very John McClane. And uh, Joss Whedon was brought into the rewrites, particularly for the dialogue, and to make it feel more natural for someone like Keanu Reeves. And this is coming from one of Keanu Reeves' biggest fans. And even Jamie has said this, and Jamie may be Keanu Reeves biggest fan, you know, not just for the reasons which she's made very clear on here. Before everything you said, she's constantly talking about how, you know, oh, he's like the nicest human being ever. He's the most humble person ever. And even she's like, you know, he's not the world's greatest actor. And that's true. He's not a bad actor, but he has a limited range. And when you can really zero in on what he does well, he just totally fits a character. And Speed is one of the best examples of that because they found a way to write this dialogue, which could be almost like antagonistic and a lot of one-liners, like even the basement line being sensitive, and the way that they write it and the way that Keanu Reeves delivers it, it feels humble and it feels like he's saying that line more out of concern than he is trying to make a funny statement. Uh, so I mean, can't give enough credit for Joss Whedon because even Graham Yost, who's the only credited screenwriter on this, Graham Yost has said in recent interviews that Joss Whedon was responsible for at least 95% of the dialogue in this movie. Which is basically him saying, yeah, the story's all mine, but the dialogue 100% Whedon. Hmm. Um, So Harry and Jack get to investigate the – or as Jack volunteers, sir, Harry volunteers to investigate the device. (laughs) And he's like, yeah, right. (laughs) Um, And they go to basically check out the elevator shaft. Now they're not allowed to touch it. And um, we obviously see that Dennis Hopper is bugging it, but they don't know that. And the people started like, why are the cops here? Why don't they send a repairman? And this is the one thing that always bothered me, even when I was a kid. They just plummeted almost to their death. They must know (laughs) that their lives are in jeopardy. Like, is a repairman going to, I I don't know, pull them out of an elevator that's been blown up? Like, there's no way these people are thinking, oh, just send the repair guy to start the elevator again. Like, they just plummeted like 16 floors. But still, they're like, why is the LAPD here? And... Jack is starting to speculate like, you know, we maybe we could do something all the hostages. Uh, we get our first pop quiz coming in here, which becomes the main running gag in this movie uh, when he's asking him the scenario. He's like, and you really get the idea that this is sort of a mentor and uh, apprentice relationship where maybe Jack's new to this and, hey, I'm going to give you the elderly guy as your partner, the elderly 40-year-old guy as your partner. <laughs> uh, and he's like, pop quiz, you know, you have... Uh, gunman taking a hostage, he's got the gun to her head, he's almost to a plane, you're 100 feet away, what do you do? And then Keanu's like, shoot the hostage, which seems crazy. And then he explains it, and then he's still like, yeah, that still sounds crazy. He's like, well, if you take out the hostage, he's basically got no bargaining chips. Then you you, you get the, the terrorists or whatever. So they decide they want to get the uh, passengers out of there. They go up to the roof. Dennis Hopper's listening the whole time. They pull this cable off of a crane uh another thing that really works in this movie is the the real locations they use not just filming this on a real bus and some of the real stunts they did but just when they're up i I would never have noticed this up until the last couple years when they're up on this high rise and you can see the city around them it's more than you would ever get to see in a normal movie nowadays and those little things really make a difference in this but they attach this cable uh dennis hopper starts to suspect something's up so with six minutes to go he blows the cable car uh, or the elevator, they start plummeting, but the cable is slowly holding on to them. It's such a tense scene because it will drop, and then it'll stop, and then they'll be ready to get the people out, and then they got the doors open, and it drops a couple inches. The panic of the passengers is very real here. Um, eventually, they get them all out, even though the one crazy lady who always bothered me. They just, no, no, I don't want to live, because it just makes no sense. Oh, man. One of the two old dumb women in
0: this movie. movie. Yeah, there's some really dumb yeah, women in this movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: Come on. Sandra Bullock did great things for female characters in action movies. These two old ladies ruined it for the rest of them. Yeah. Let's <laughs> just be honest. This is why there are no decent roles for women in action movies today, because of old ladies <laughs> like her, okay? Who <laughs> wanna get off a bus reason. and get run over by a tire? It's your own fault. <laughs> You want to know why time's not up yet? Time's not up because of the dumb old ladies in speed. That's why, okay? <laughs> let's call a spade a spade. Don't
0: blame the men. Blame the stupid <laughs> women like this. You don't want to get off in an elevator and then want to get off a bus. All right? Like, it's their fault.
1: Uh, after they get the passengers out, uh, they or Keanu Reeves starts to suspect that he's in the building. Jeff Daniels is like, no, 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 you're just crazy. And he's like, all right, let's entertain this for a second. Where could he have been? The elevators are all closed down. Well, what about the freight elevators? And I love the way Keanu Reeves points him. It, it, it's like, he looks and he points like you, the man, <laughs> 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 or, or it might've been the other way around, but whichever one points like you, the man, <laughs> um, they eventually find Dennis Hopper in there. He starts blowing holes in the roof of the elevator. Uh, Harry falls in there and gets taken hostage. Keanu Reeves chases after them. Uh, Dennis Hopper has a bomb strapped to his chest. How's he getting rid of him? Jeff Daniels eventually just sort of mutters the words, shoot the hostage. And he shoots him in the leg, which works, by the way. And if you really think about it, I think that would work. Uh, police out there shoot all hostages. And by the way, if we want to talk about... No, let's not go there. Uh, <laughs> uh, civilian deaths by police officers. Maybe
0: that's not... Well... Some...
1: <laughs> They're just shooting the hostage. Let's speak.
0: Anyways, um... <laughs> <laughs> starting off well with this making fun of me too making fun of shots <laughs> at the cops bringing up manifa again wow digging ourselves a whole lot network style so dennis hopper
1: real what did you do and just sort of walks away the whole garage blows they figure they got him the bomber's dead uh one line i wanted to bring up just because this become common in anything we ever talk about with keanu reeves is that ted moment as um my siblings and I always pointed out in every movie he made, no matter what the serious movie it was, dramatic, indie, uh character movies, romantic comedies, The Matrix, there's always that one moment that Keanu Reeves just comes across like the airheaded surfer gu- <laughs> air guitar guy from Bill and Ted. And here it's when he's like, "Tell me why we do this again, Harry?" and he's like, "Because in, you know, 25 years you're going to get a lousy pension and a cheap gold watch." And he goes, cool (laughs) which is the only moment Keanu Reeves slips into Ted this whole movie Uh, so yeah love the Ted shout out here have to give the Ted shout out because I have found a way to pinpoint those in every single Keanu
0: Reeves movie I love the start where you meet them And, um, just the, the entrance they make in that car when like the, the cop car is like flying over the the road and like slams and let's get out of the car. Like there's so many like moments in this movie that I think they're just connected to dumb and dumber because, you know, that just reminds me of like the, 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 the dog car jumping over the thing. And, oh so funny. And like when, when he gets shot in the leg, it just reminds you of dumb and dumber. It's like, what if he'd shot you in the face? Yeah, what if he yeah. shot me in the face? <laughs> That's the risk we were willing to take. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just want them to do that. And there's a, there's a moment when they're um they're all coming off the elevator. Where I don't know if it's the same stupid woman, unless you say it is. Where you just hear her go, "My shoe!" And then she's like running off, and she's got like one shoe missing. <laughs> I wonder if that took a few different takes. No, 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 that wasn't believable enough, lady. You're gonna say it again yeah. with "My shoe!" Um, But I don't... And really worked on the delivery of that line. (laughs) I don't understand. Like, I agree with you. I think kind of you have to have this whole opening sequence to introduce the Dennis Hopper character. But is Dennis Hopper a bit dumb? Because he's just... The whole time he's kind of, like, sitting down in the basement looking up, hearing all these sounds. Like, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? Like, he either doesn't expect the cops to show up. Oh, excuse me. I'm choking now my Dennis Hopper love, apparently. (laughs) Um He's Victor Drazen, all right. He's the original baddie in twenty four. I'm excited. Um, either that, or he's just like plain. Like I don't get his logic because there's just all those shots of him staring up, like, "Oh, what's that noise? Oh, it sounds like the cops are there." Um, so I don't know. Like, do you think that he's meant to be that way? He's like he's toying with the cops, or like I don't, I don't get it. He could just be so arrogant
1: in believing he's that smart, there's no way they're ever going to figure
0: him out. Because we don't, do we get a whole lot more backstory to why he's doing this? Because I, I feel you kind of, no. you learn a bit about him that he was a cop and that. And I mean, that's maybe a, a negative in this film that you don't really understand why he's doing it, but I, I don't know if we'd really need it because it's. Well,
1: what would you do, Ben, if you got a lousy <laughs> pension, a cheap gold watch on retirement? I know I would go and try to shoot some people and blow them up.
0: True. That's what all cops do, clearly. Um, oh, what's
1: that clicking on the line? Somebody's listening in again. Oh,
0: hello. <laughs> hello, Mr. FBI. How's it going? It's Charlie, it's Charlie Fleehand. It's, it's FBI. <laughs> it's Charlie Fleehan. <laughs> oh, hang on a minute. There's a men at my door. What are they doing? Oh, they've got guns. Oh, wait. Um, yeah, I don't really have a whole lot. Well, I, mean, I think this, going back to talking about Jeff Daniels, is that this, I think, was the first time I'd ever seen Jeff Daniels in a non-comedy role. And somebody myself who probably watched Dumb and Dumber as much as you watched Speed in the 90s, you know, just absolutely obsessed with that film. It, it was just, it was interesting to see him in this role, but I mean, he's he's a great actor in, outside of comedy yeah. anyway. I mean, I don't know if you ever watched the newsroom, but um, just such a great actor, Jeff Daniels. So he's got a lot of range, uh, unlike our man Keanu, but... Got it. Let's let's be honest. I'll speak on Jamie's behalf. He's a good-looking rooster. Like he pulls off the uh, the SWAT clothes pretty well, and um, yeah, I mean, well, you, you know. know what?
1: Uh, I mean, I can speak on Jamie's behalf. She she's not nearly as crazy about Jeff Daniels as she is Keanu Reeves, but in this movie, at least, Jamie was into Jeff Daniels.
0: Oh, I think everyone should be. Um, and Keanu, and just everyone in this film is attractive, Dennis Hopper has his moments. All right, like.
1: Gigantor a- is such a sexy man.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Alan Rock, mm. <laughs> I'm at the airport. I've already been to the airport. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness! Um, the the whole crane situation. Like there is, uh, I guess the only thing about this movie as well that maybe wouldn't work today is kind of in action movies where they try and be slightly more. I guess, realistic, and this is the, the fun of 90s action movies, is that you kind of analyse this. Like, they've got what? Like, they've shown up with 30 minutes remaining, yet they can go all the way up to the ceiling, get this crane, put it all the way down on the elevator, clip it on, everything's going fine. <laughs> um, I don't know if that quite works out that way. And again, it's the age-old rule in a movie or a TV show. You don't see a body, they're not dead. We know Dennis Hopper's about to shop five minutes later. Spoiler alert. Um... Was that explosion in the garage so big that they couldn't find the remains of, like, any part of him? Like, they couldn't find one tooth? Well, is that what he says later on, when he says, like, oh, it's an explosion so big they don't even bother looking for body parts? Like, is that kind of meant to be, like, his way of getting away? Because he just, he knows how these... But how does he take so, that bomb off so quickly? <laughs> and, like... Like, and not to sound inconsiderate or anything, but, like, the World Trade
1: Center blew up, and they found bones and... You know, parts of... To identify tons of people. And this explosion is enough that it threw Keanu Reeves back about six feet. <laughs> like, <laughs> if they had blown a hole in the world, like the one that bus was supposed to have, then I believe they're not finding any remains.
0: Typical Oz Network bringing up nine eleven 11 once again. It just, it just <laughs> doesn't stop, does it? Um, yeah, I, I mean, look, it's, it's it's a movie. It's fun. It's exciting. It's about a bus. It speeds and doesn't need to slow down. And speeds um but yeah i would have liked some more just does keanu at any point in this movie go whoa because i don't think he does like no. that's his go-to he line does right? that
1: matrix though that's his ted moment in the matrix
0: like, yeah yeah you um, wonder if they actually deliberately cool. wrote that in there <laughs> like yeah <laughs> the wachowskis are just like okay keanu give me a whoa and he's like oh come on yep. man
1: <laughs> it's funny because uh there was always at least what people were Spreading around, you know, growing up in the 90s, 2000s, everything else is that Keanu Reeves was desperate to shake the Bill and Ted image because he was embarrassed of, you know, his career starting on uh, playing such an airhead. And, you know, now we're seeing Bill and Ted 3 is officially happening. Keanu Reeves himself is making the announcement. You you realize, like, no, no, Keanu Reeves probably was the guy who said, you need to put a Ted moment in there. I want to go cool at least once.
0: To me, um, given that I've never seen Bill and Ted, the iconic Keanu Reeves lines me, fuck! Fuck! And Trinity, help! Like, that's it. That's all that I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Pain heals, chick stick
1: scars, glory lasts forever. <laughs> Which, yeah. by the way, just because, I don't know, I, I'm... I'm One way or another, I will find a way so we can cover the replacements next year for the 20th anniversary. We watched that, that Nobody ever thought.
0: I made Mallory watch that recently. Oh, me too. Yeah. Been, me too. Been I, been I watch that all the time. What's his name, uh, But... Oh. Reeves. No, Reeves. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I thought it was that one movie that he went by um, Charlie and, uh, you're, but No. You're, the... t- you're talking about Orlando Jones? <laughs> no, no. I meant the character. Like, what's Keanu Reeves' character's name? Oh, Shane Falco. Shane Falco. I knew there. Yeah, And Gene Hackman. Yeah. What's he doing these days? Yeah. I haven't seen him in anything for a while. Uh, he's dead. Gene Hackman. Did Gene Hackman die? Well, oh, I don't know. I'm just guessing. He's old enough to die, isn't he? Oh, wow. This is like um, just labeling these... <laughs> He's not dead. He's 89.
1: <laughs> That's a guess because he's not in anything and he's old enough to be oh. dead. That was right? Guess. You know he's going to die now
0: in the next 24 hours since we've recorded this.
1: <laughs> we oh, man, we record Gene these Hackman. like
0: a month in advance. Great. We're going to so, sound really inconsiderate. They're going to sound very inconsiderate now. People are going to listen to this. Go, oh, well, look at them laughing at the death of the iconic Gene Hackman. <laughs> Probably stepped in to like stop Harvey Weinstein suicide bombing and died in the saving a bunch of other women. He's, an, he's a national hero, and here we are laughing about him. Good job, Colin.
1: But you know, to date this episode, it's just a good thing we still have Roger Moore with us. Oh, uh, yeah. So let's
0: move on. So glad Roger Moore um, is still alive.
1: The uh, medal ceremony comes next, uh, which I, I I guess they're getting this. It's it's one ceremony once a year because there's like. Eight other people on stage, none of which were there for this incident. So.
0: <coughs> Gene Hackman's getting on, you excited team. too.
1: Ah, refreshing. Okay. Uh...
0: <laughs> that was Colin Hilding drinking Coca Cola, refreshing to the taste. <laughs> Buy now from your local store. That's Coca Cola. Uh,
1: you know who. Never
0: mind. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> You know who also drinks Coca-Cola? Gene Hackman. Sadly dead now. It wasn't the Coke that killed him. Drink Coke. Pepsi sucks. We're like, Gene Hackman's dead. Larry the Cable Guy's a pedophile.
1: We're just throwing everyone under the bus, aren't we? I
0: think I called him a pedophile. I think I called him a rapist. That's something a bit different. Wow.
1: So much better. Jesus. Anyways... The brave men get their medals here.
0: (laughs) Oh, how sexist. Where are the
1: brave women? (laughs) Uh, We see Dennis Hopper's alive, and he's applauding. So uh, no suspense. He's still there. Uh, I I love the after-party part, though. Because, again, it just shows us the camaraderie, which really does work. Like, the chemistry between all these police actors is so solid here. Uh, You get Joe Morton's speech, which is great, where he's, you know, talking about Tahiri for your quick thinking – for your grace under pressure, for your brave, selfless act, and to Jack for shooting Harry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just their their response. To this is great, and then the uh, the the drunken conversation where Jeff Daniels basically, the, I guess you consider his "I love you" speech, where <laughs> you know I'm such a lucky man, I'm still alive. <laughs> uh, but he says something really weird here, where he talks about you know how lucky he was, where he's like six inches off of the mark, and you they're giving this medal to my widow. Now, they shot him in the legs, six inches off his mark, is either going to be his kneecap or his penis. So which one of those is going to cause instant death? Because <laughs> he's got a big Apparently. gong.
0: He's going to bleed out from blood loss.
1: But I, I love – one of my favorite lines in this movie is just Jeff Daniels' delivery – when he starts to get up and then he doesn't have his cane and he's almost falling over, and everybody's like panicking. like oh, oh. <laughs> really panicky. And he's like, It's alright, it's alright. I'm gonna go home, have some sex <laughs> he just walks out. Like, can we I know Joss Whedon, this is the type of stuff he writes not about people having sex, but he's he's really good at this type of, you know, fun dialogue and, and, and chemistry. Um, can we just theorize here, or at least pretend that Jeff Daniels made up all of his own dialogue way like Tom Ronald, I, we theorized did last week for True Lie. He wasn't acting. Because it's so natural.
0: That's just Jeff he Dan- wasn't, no. Jeff Daniels didn't realize the cameras yeah, were man. on. He's like, oh, I'm just going to go well, home and have mean, some sex.
1: Yeah, off mic, Jan DeBond's like, eh, that's a wrap. <laughs> I'm going to go home have some sex. <laughs> he just walks off stage. <laughs> um, And then <laughs> Jack's like, you're going to go home and puke. Yeah, well, that'll be fun, too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the next morning, Jack's at his coffee shop and we get the bus driver pulling up. They really dwell on the bus driver because the audience knows what's coming at this point. And uh, he's talking with the, the coffee shop guy and the bus driver. And he's talking about, you know, Jack had a big party last night. And he goes, Uh, I don't remember uh, what happened. And he goes, uh, I woke up alone. It could have been that nice. He goes, yeah, I love this guy with the heavy New York accent driving the L.A. bus. Last time I had a party that hurt, I woke up married, right? (laughs) 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 It's like this total Brooklyn guy driving a bus in L.A. Uh, The driver goes off, and as Jack's going out to his car, the bus blows up. So we're into the movie here. And immediately after the bus blows up, Jack goes to try to help. Uh, and he gets a pay phone call. So I guess something else that might date this movie. And it's Dennis Hopper on the line. So now oh. Jack's like, oh, he's, oh, the audience didn't know that. No Keanu Reeves are... um, But he's basically saying there's another bomb on the bus. And these are the rules. Nobody gets off the bus. You know, it's like, do you understand? Or, or do you have any questions or something like that? And I love that Keanu Reeves goes, I'd want to know what bus it is. <laughs> <laughs> Which, again, for for Keanu Reeves, just he sounds so humble when he's asking. It's like, is he is he just being sincere or is he trying to be funny with Dennis Hopper? It's, 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 he's got such great delivery. It's
0: just the way he says it. Though. I want to know who busted it. I want to know a bus in it?
1: <laughs> and then we see the bus for the first time. We need.
0: I just go I ahead. Was, I was going to say it sounds like. Um... <laughs> What was that Looney Tunes character that used to be like, and I will pet him, and I will love him, and I will... Tiny
1: Toons? Yes. yes.
0: (laughs) I want to know what boss it is, so I can pet it, and hold it, and love it.
1: (laughs) Uh, Complete sidebar here. Uh, Jamie always says that that character from Tiny Toons is her, because that's the way she is. She she tends to like to be physical with people, like even Casper. She's like, come here and cuddle. And she'll be cut a little bit rough without realizing It's She's like, oh, you're so cute. And it's like, Jamie's complexion is changing color. <laughs> he stopped breathing. So just make sure um, when the
0: twins are born that uh, you don't let her hold them. So I will hug them and squeeze them. <laughs> Jamie, they're just newborns. Put them in the crib. <laughs>
1: Well, what's funny is that I had a dream uh, a couple of nights ago, and as you could tell from me choking over my love for <laughs> this movie, uh, I'm getting over a cold, and I fell asleep, and I I was having trouble breathing through my nose as I realized when I woke up. But in my dream, I was having trouble just breathing, period, and I couldn't figure out why, and I was trying to like be like <gasps> – and in my dream, Jamie decided to tackle me to the ground <laughs> – Place one arm over my chest and the other one over my mouth and she was she wasn't like trying to kill me, but she was like, Shh, it's okay, <laughs> it's okay and try to comfort me. And here I am, I'm try I, in real life, I'm having trouble breathing, which is manifesting itself in my dream where I'm like
0: <gasps>
1: and I'm thinking to myself, like, I'm gonna die and Jamie's not gonna know she's the one that killed me <laughs> And then I panicked
0: and woke up. So. I, I'm, I'm just expecting uh, that to happen one day. I'm just expecting to get like a message from Jamie one day, going, Oh, Colin can't, can't record today, he's dead. <laughs> like what like, I killed him I Keanu was cuddling him over. a little bit too tight <laughs> ooze started coming out there was a lot of blood I thought it was, I didn't stop I thought it was strawberry sauce but it was blood um, <laughs> his eyes popped out That's
1: Jamie. Um, where was I here oh yeah so Keanu Reeves is hang- basically dropping the phone just as he's giving him which bus it is and he rushes to go there and I don't know why I never caught this, or maybe I caught it and just never registered with me, but the billboard on the back of this bus, did you read what
0: it says? Oh, is that like the – something to do with the bankies in it, like, oh, money?
1: Well, yeah. It's, it's 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 a bank ad or something, but the slogan said, money isn't everything, and then it says like dot, 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 yeah, right, which is just <laughs> great. They put those little details in the movie that actually kind of has some relevance. Um. And, uh, yeah, so when Sandra Bullock is rushing to catch the bus, she eventually gets on and we get a lot of backstory with Sandra Bullock, like really good character development with You're talking about not enough for Dennis Hopper in a way. I kind of like that. Dennis Hopper is just this clear cut evil guy with Sandra Bullock. It's crazy. We get more information on her character than anybody else in this movie. And they do it mostly in just this opening scene as she's riding the bus. You know, you realize she's always late for things. She has this this charisma where, you know, the bus driver knows her. All the people on the bus are always talking to her. Alan Ruck, we get the first introduction to him. Which, does he have a name in this movie? Oh, he doesn't need one. He's Alan Ruck. Cameron. He's uh, Alan Ruck, yeah. <laughs> He's Cameron. Let's call him Cameron. He doesn't, um, doesn't
0: have a Red Wings jersey, but...
1: <laughs> his name is Charlie Fleehan. okay? So, <laughs> Alan Ruck is Charlie Fleahan, Uh is the way to talkative to passenger which... I don't know what it's like in, let's say, either Tasmania or New Zealand, Uh, but I don't think this played the same. I think watching it in Winnipeg, this makes Sandra Bullock look really bad because he's just making small talk, and she takes the gum out of her mouth, pretends it's on her seat, and then, you know, I got gum on my seat. i got to leave, and and wanders off, and he's left looking like an idiot just because he's making small talk, being a nice guy. This is every person on every bus in Winnipeg. <laughs> like, this is the way people in Winnipeg are, complete strangers. Hey, how's it going? Nice weather we have here. Oh, but I, I already saw the airport. <laughs> that's the way, That's every person in Winnipeg. So it's, I don't know. I don't Canadians. Like
0: Canadians are just not. I've, I've caught a bus in LA before and I got talking to a guy. But the one thing I will say, though, it's just the way he just says this. Because, like, she sits down on the bus and he's just like. First time in Los Angeles. (laughs) And she's just like, Oh, no, I live here. It's like, No, I meant me. It's
1: kind of like... Oh, and then I love... He pauses too. It's like, No, I meant me. (laughs) Oh, that's really
0: funny. (laughs) I mean, it is kind of like... I I would be annoyed if somebody's like it's not like they just said like oh nice weather we're having Oh, lucky you made the bus, lol. Yeah. It's more of a case of like, <laughs> Hey, it's my first time in Los Angeles. Reminds me of Brendan Fraser in Blast from the Past. Yeah. <laughs> like, you don't have a gun on you, do you? <laughs> please don't <laughs> shoot me. Hey driver, please stop the bus. I wanna get off
1: <laughs> Yeah, no, that's a perfect comparison for him here. Um Charlie Fleehan, <laughs> misunderstood guy. Anyways, <laughs> Always. So uh, we get we get a couple other little characters just subtly introduced here. We get Ortiz, aka Gigantor. Um, <laughs> we get the old lady who talks way more than Alan Ruck does. Is way more annoying. And Sandra Bullock sits there and talks back to her, which is even more. Yeah, you know, I used to drive in the, the, the subway or the, the subway the, the the freeway stressed me out. So I like to just take the bus and relax. And she's screaming while talking about how she relaxed. She is. Old ladies, this is why, okay? <laughs> Remember this moment when 10 years from now you're still not getting decent roles. This is why, okay? I think it's just um, you
0: and Jan de Bont movies as old ladies. You didn't like Aunt <laughs> Meng in <laughs> Twister. Probably an old lady in, um, wasn't there an old like um, lady in Lara Croft Tomb Raider when she was like in China or something like that? Like, probably hated her too. <laughs>
1: I just hate all old people in Jandabont movies. <laughs> um, good call. I never drew that, though. Uh, so anyways, Keanu Reeves finds the bus, uh, eventually gets cut off in traffic, and he's going, and I love that he breaks the window of the bus, and they're still not slowing down. Like, you think you'd at least be like, hey, I'm going to report you. Show me your ID. <laughs> but instead, and I love that not only is the driver like, come on, you can't get on the bus. your are Sandra Bullock's like, keep driving, Sam. Don't <laughs> <on."> <laughs> like, She's... She's really a nasty person at the beginning of this movie. (laughs)
0: Academy Award winner, Sandra Bullock.
1: And yet there's no reason for their character not – I mean, she's talking about, oh, no, I'm so late or whatever. That was her own doing. I mean, the bus is running on time, and she's like, don't stop, Rob, don't stop. (laughs) Um. You think none of this would have happened if Sandra Bullock had said, come on, Sam, stop being a dick. Yeah. <laughs> like if she had just stood up for this poor guy trying to get on the bus, it never goes over 50. And then what, let's talk about that too. What is Dennis Hopper's plan? Because what obviously happens here is that Keanu Reeves ends up having to commandeer a vehicle where we get Toon Man who comes back in speed 2, cruise <laughs> control, um, who's a great little character. And he's struggling to get the bus to stop. Um, and it eventually goes over 50. So I'll cover a few more things here, but just I have to ask the question to you. Does it bother you that if Keanu Reeves gets on this bus, all he has to do is say, all right, hit the brakes, put it in park. Okay, everybody sit here until we figure this out. What is his plan if it doesn't go over 50?
0: Yeah, I didn't quite think about it that way. (laughs) But, like, even – even then, you got to think about other scenarios, because what if we can't find the bus in time? And then all of a sudden, this bus doesn't know, so it's cruising along the freeway, clicks under 50, brake, boom! Like, that's it. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Sorry. And well, I'm not going to give your money no you money now. You killed him, so you're under arrest.
1: Planned that, there's no backup plan. It's not like with the elevator, where he's like, I'm going to blow it once, and then I'm going to have the brakes rigged so I can blow it a second time. When this bus blows, that's all he had. So, yeah... Not, maybe you're right. Maybe he's not the smartest terrorist ever.
0: And the thing is, i got to say, 50 miles an hour, which is 80 kilometers an hour, I've just done the uh, the conversion. Like, that's pretty fast. And there are lots of times in this movie where you actually look out the window, that bus is not going 50 miles an hour. No. Like, like, even, again, you've got to think the logic of this because he's got to... I mean, stop, stop yourself talking about the logic of this. It's a movie about a bus that drops below 50 miles an hour. It's gonna <laughs> There's no logic behind it. As I said at the beginning, this movie shouldn't work, and it does. Stop shitting all over this movie, all right? Um, yeah, I'm just going to stop myself. Move on. I don't want right. to shit. The science of speed. Um, Would this work? <laughs> but, but let's be honest. The Toon Man stuff is fantastic. Oh, it's uh, I love I that this,
1: as, soon I, this, as you...
0: not in the stolen vehicle. Yeah.
1: It is now. She's <laughs> like... This is, this is not a stolen vehicle. This is my vehicle. It's not stolen. It is now. And then I love this guy keeps freaking out. He's like, "No, you gotta slow down. Oh, look out for that! No, no, hey, that was a nice move, man. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the funniest part of the whole movie. You got insurance? Like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then as as he he's trying to catch up with the bus, and I love that we get Gigantor here. Going, that man's sure gonna hard on for this bus. <laughs> And they get in front of the bus, which, again, it's so intense. Like, we're talking about how fun some of these lines are and everything. But, like, this still gets my heart racing watching it now. Because you know that the speed's approaching 50. And you have Canary swerving around these vehicles. And these are real stunts they're doing. Like you said, sometimes, yeah, they're obviously not going 80 kilometers or 50 miles here. But they're still going fast. And when they pull in front of that bus and they're trying to get the attention, the way that this is presented – where he's like, I want you to, you know, it's like he's trying to yell him first. There's a bomb on the bus, and two men. There's a what? <laughs> and eventually, has him write it. And they're trying to steady the sign, and which there's no way he's going to see that sign. Uh, it flies out of his hands and it lands on the windshield. The way that they zoom in on the bus driver's reaction, like all credit in the world to the the guy who plays Sam, the bus driver. His reaction there still gives me chills because this is kind of a fun action movie. But you got to think, if this happened in the real world, this would be terrifying. This is the equivalent of like, like, terrorist attacks we see today, you know, there's stuff in the news, you know, a couple times a year, these major things like this, or hostage crises that are legitimately terrifying, even to watch a news, we watch this as a movie, but when you see that bus driver's reaction, it's the one point in the movie, where I watch this, I'm like, oh, man, if this really happened, like, think about this, uh, so it's crazy, Keanu Reeves gets the stunt where he gets on the bus, which is amazing, and I, I, think everybody had seen that stunt before even seeing the movie because it was featured in every trailer. and I remember watching a making of um before the video even came out, where they were talking about this stunt, the crazy stunts of speed, which obviously there's two main ones which we'll talk about. So the main stunt here that happens where Keanu Reeves is driving alongside in the car and he jumps from the moving vehicle onto the moving bus. That stunt also was done for real with Keanu Reeves. And I remember, I think they did like five takes this. And I remember watching that featurette or whatever. It was on TV or a movie channel or something like that. And seeing them do this stunt, and it, it's, it's, it always reminded me of the uh, live and let die stunt with the, uh, the crocodile jumping over the crocodiles. And how I saw all the footage of that and how some of them were like near misses. It's great if you get a chance to watch this stunt be done because it is very impressive. And uh, just the fact they did these stunts for real. And that's one of those iconic – we talk about, like, the iconic moments of True Lies. I think this movie has two very clear iconic moments, and they're both stunts, which is – for a movie that's a lot of fun and funny and has, you know, incredible chemistry with its actors and all that, I wouldn't even say this is overall a huge stunt movie because the majority of the action that takes place, you're not seeing a lot. It's more just what's implied – but this jump here, like, let's just, well, let's let's kind of end it off here. He jumps and he gets on the bus. Um, when he's on there, he starts whispering to the driver, the passengers, including Sandra Bullock again because she has so much attitude, are freaking out. Uh, he identifies himself as a police officer. The one guy here pulls out a gun, who doesn't speak good English. He thinks he's there for him. Keanu Reeves is like, "I'm not here for you, man. We're just two cool guys hanging out." <laughs> <laughs> And then Gigantor decides to lunge for the gun. The gun goes off. The bus driver's shot. Uh, That starts a panic. Sandra Bullock has to take over the bus. So we'll, we'll jump back into the action that Sandra Bullock takes on later. But I guess we'll cover all that stuff up until there. But mainly just how great does this jump onto the bus look to this day? And is there any image you associate more with speed than this? Let's even put it out there before we get to it. The bus jump that comes up later on, is that more iconic than this jump? Or is Keanu Reeves jumping onto the bus, the most iconic image?
0: Oh, I mean, the bus one, the bus one, I think the jump is, yeah, but I mean, that can, that almost gets laughed at nowadays. I've seen a lot of sort of like, you know, it's made top 10 lists of like stupid things in movies that shouldn't be a thing um, and stuff like that. But yeah, no, I'd probably say him jumping on the bus would be. Um, I just I want to go back to when Sandra Bullock's like running towards the bus, and you got Dick Sam just basically like, oh, oh, oh Eddie, you nearly missed bus! Yeah. <laughs> like, Catch me if you can, Sandra. I love, I love the bus driver. <laughs> just like, oh, come on, come on, you can do it, Eddie. You're not going to win that Oscar without running up towards the bus. You can do it. Um, and yeah, the the whole the thing that I really like about sort of after you have the the award scene, is it just... I always forget how quickly I get straight back into it because I always feel like there's more of a gap in between the opening and then the bus stuff. But, I mean, it just, it's just literally, boom, let's get give an award. Boom, I'm in a coffee shop with New York man. And then, boom, the bus blows up. So, mm-hmm. um, I'd want to know which bus. <laughs> <laughs> is this, was this always a thing? Like, I always would wonder, can you actually ring a payphone? Cause it's always a thing in movies, isn't it? That yeah. they can ring it. Like, can I tried. You, you can. Can you?
1: No, no, no. You can't. Well, at least when I tried, because I remember as a kid, it was before Speed even came out. Seeing that the payphones had numbers or whatever, you tried to call it, and the call just doesn't go through or something.
0: Isn't there Wasn't there a Mythbusters episode two where they did something about that, or maybe or?
1: Well, if there is, we're covering it next week.
0: Yeah, and you know, you know, another underrated movie which I'd love to cover one day. Speaking of phones, phone booth. Good movie. Oh yeah. Great yeah. movie. Uh, Keith Sutherland, Colin Farrell, uh, Tia Tejada from Third Watch plays a prostitute in it. There's a little <laughs> shout out to that. Um, but, <laughs> but I just love the way he like he's basically like you know oh I want this money the bus does this bus and he just drops the phone, gets in his car and drives off. Why doesn't he call yeah. it in? Like he's like he's a cop. Well, like they, it's got to be the first thing Dennis right? Hopper says
1: to him when he's on the phone. Don't even try the radios. You know, like he's disabled them or something like that.
0: Oh, okay. um, But it's very specific, isn't he? $3.7 million, right? Clearly yeah. he wants to donate. Like, I, I bet you Rodney King's legal fees were $3.7 million. <laughs> so it's very specific. Like, that's why he's getting, like... But, like, again, you're like, just the the underdevelopment of the Dennis Hopper character, because it's kind of like, well, why 3.7? Why not 3.8? Why not point, 3.6? Why not 4? Like it's it's a very specific number. Like I wonder if there were deleted scenes where you learn why he's he's wanting this amount of money or something. Um but the thing that I don't understand is when Keanu is like, We can't pull the money that quickly Literally when we were in the elevator about like ten minutes ago, you've got um you've got Mac on the phone going, We've nearly got you the money Like this is even in less time. That was- yeah, that was an hour. Yeah, that was an hour. This this was, this is like an hour? two and a half. Maybe it's a Saturday. Maybe the banks aren't open or something yeah. <laughs> Uh But yeah, I, I'm with you. Like the, the tension, like I love the way they zoom in on the speedometer and it's kind of like you see it, like just getting closer to the 50, getting closer to the 50. But you got to, as much as we love Keanu Reeves here, but surely there's another way you can call in the cops that this isn't easy because he eventually does call it in. But you would think like with him beeping the horn, like going, stop the bus, stop the bus. Like you think the first thing would be to show a badge. <laughs> like, yeah. Literally, like, Yeah, exactly. Like not just banging on the window. Like if you've got a guy running towards the bus, smashing, and the first thing he does is punch the window. Um, I've been on buses in Hobart where you've got dickheads who are like chasing after buses and they've like, they're so angry with the bus that they won't stop that they've actually like smashed a window. So the bus driver straight away stops Because, like, they're like, fuck you, I'm going to call the cops. (laughs) I'm not, like, speed
1: off. He has no problem pulling out his badge as soon as he pulls over Toon Man.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. This is Los Angeles. right? I'm in Hobart, a place where there are no guns, right? Los Angeles, everyone's got a gun. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We saw that on Blast from the Past. That's not a stereotype. That's a legitimate thing. Uh, (laughs) I mean, 10% of the passengers on this bus had a gun. Yeah, Alan Rock's got a gun. Like, let's be honest, I'm the first (laughs) time, Los Angeles got my gun. Little old lady Helen, she's got a gun. Yeah. Didn't you hear the gun go off and that other woman gets run over by the bus?
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, but yeah, I love Tune Man. Oh, yeah. So funny. And I always forget that he, he's the one in Speed 2 like, I just bought a condo here, isn't he? Like, it's just like mm-hmm. blowing a The boat up. driver,
1: though. Yeah. But well,
0: where is Keanu's car? Why does he have to, like, steal? Like... He's not gone that far away from his car, has he? Um... Well,
1: uh, he... By the time he had stopped his car, because he ran into some type of, not a traffic jam, but just, uh, he was boxed in. So he jumped out of his vehicle and started running for the bus. So even if he had gone back to his, his car was already boxed in by other ones.
0: And again, someone who's been to Los Angeles, that is the least amount of traffic I've ever seen on a freeway, right? This is <laughs> not realistic. Um, but again, when the sign goes on the, the wind, again, like, great. You're right, like, the, the facial reaction there from the bus driver, I think, fantastic. But again, is your first reaction not to stop the bus? <laughs> like, should yeah. should' be blowing up right then and there, not like, fuck, there's a bomb, I'm going to go faster! Uh, I wonder if anybody in real life, any terrorists out there, actually thought, hey, plot of speed, good movie, going to do that. Uh...
1: <laughs> you know what, interesting enough, I will get back to that a little later on. Oh,
0: okay. <laughs> oh, I'm excited. There Well, no, an... not,
1: not so much that, but a way that this movie inspired something real involving transit.
0: There was an ad. I don't know if you ever had the brand of yogurts in Canada called Yogo, Um, I believe it was an Australian brand, but like a lot of the ads in the '90s, they kind of had like this gorilla, and it was just it was all like claymation sort of stuff. They were really funny ads, and they did do a parody of Speed. It was like this bus drops below fifty; you gotta blow. Um, and yeah, I'll have to send you the link. I think I found it on YouTube, but that just brought back of a random claymation monkey ad from the uh, 1990s (laughs) in Australia. Uh, but yeah, the bus jump is great, uh, but I, I love the, the tension just of this guy, like the, you know, I'm not here for you, man. It's just, we're just two cool guys hanging out, <laughs> and then <laughs> shoots poor old Sam. <laughs> Always someone's going to get shot in these instances isn't there. Uh, and then this the thing is, they kind of forget about this criminal guy, don't they? Because they just like uh, handcuff him, and then later on, like, I didn't mean to shoot that guy, and then they just let him go, and then that, that's it. But I love, yeah. I love, like the negotiation skills of Keanu Reeves. Whatever your crime is, I'm sure you're sorry for it. <laughs> you Are
1: sorry? <laughs>
0: no, I'm not, man. He I'm not isn't. sorry.
1: <laughs> like that morning, he probably did unspeakable things to Rodney King, and
0: yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> like... <laughs> He he he's like Osama bin Laden's right hand man, right? He's he's yeah. in the process of planning nine eleven. Whatever you did, I'm sure you're sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's everything you covered. I believe. Um, yeah. This is the thing. I think we said, but this but probably not going to take that long because the majority of this movie is just them on a bus. So <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, let's uh let's drag this out a little bit. There was one line uh, which I forgot about here when um. Uh, he's saying, you know, uh, I need to get on that bus. And then Toon Man's like, yeah, you y- y- you, you, get on the bus. <laughs> and then when he, he's like, sir, I'm going to need to take your cell phone. Take the phone, man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's a big deal in 1994, though, because this is back when, like, phones are not yeah. that common and pretty expensive. So, And it's not a car phone. If it was a car phone, you're like, this is dated. This is a cell phone
1: in 1994. <laughs>
0: It's not like Steve Martin in Bowfinger when he's on his, like, dangling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, can we please talk about Bowfinger soon? Maybe, <laughs> gotcha, maybe not. sucker. <laughs> I just got the visual. Him ripping the car phone out, pretending he's talking on his cell phone, and then the car phone <laughs> little
0: wobbly cord. <laughs> Has everybody ripped his ponytail off as well? Because he's got his yeah. <laughs> Yes. Four
1: <laughs> oh, finger, please. This is the greatest anniversary month ever. <laughs> um. So when Jack eventually tells people well, after he finally gets this guy handcuffed and uh, the driver's shot, so they're like, "Oh, we gotta pull over," and he's like, "No, you stop this bus; it'll explode." <laughs> and. We get the guy here, which I, I love just all the little characters on the bus, like how much personality. And you get all their personalities. Here we get the young guy on the bus who's like, the bus is going to explode. Some funny joke, man. You're going to have a problem. <laughs> blop your pants.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, but like this guy too, he's so loud and obnoxious. Like this guy belongs in New York as well. Sorry to all New York listeners. Um <laughs> Is this guy getting in fights with uh, gigantor later? Uh this guy's the one who celebrates when We are way out of control. Some funny joke, man. <laughs> uh, I love all these passengers. Except for the old lady. Anyways, guys. except for the old lady. <laughs> they can drop dead they can drop dead or blow dead. Um
0: <laughs> Blow.
1: Okay. They, well, explosion. That's what I meant. Yeah. Um <clears throat> best part's coming soon anyways um so she tells him sandra bullock tells keanu it's like i should probably tell you that i had my license revoked for what (laughs) speeding i'm sure that that line gets a huge laugh you know every time it plays my favorite Um,
0: is is, it's a bit where the favorite line when it's like um i'm not available to drive tomorrow busy yeah (laughs) that's my favorite sandra bullock line. Just the way they're going through yeah yeah
1: they're going through it's like so why is he doing this It's like it's just a game with him it's like uh uh if uh i save you guys and we play another game tomorrow and it's like but i'm not available tomorrow i can't drive i'm busy (laughs) (laughs) love the way she delivers that i love sandra bullock and and like sandra bullock coming into this movie here's the other thing I, i forgot to mention this during the opening credits Having your name before the title, or in the case of a poster above a title, is a huge deal. That means you are a star you're worth promoting. And at the time this movie came out, Sandra Bullock, her only major role was in Demolition Man a year earlier, where she played the female lead to Sylvester Stallone and Wesley Snipes. Demolition Man was a decent-sized hit. Some people, uh, you know... uh Look back at it and think it's a bomb when that's actually completely untrue. The movie was a decent-sized hit. But it wasn't a movie where a lot of people even remembered it a year later. This movie is billed as Keanu Reeves, Dennis Hopper, Sandra Bullock, Speed. It's a big deal that I think the studio had a lot of faith in her. And some of the little things she does in this movie, I get why she became such a big movie star. And it's something that I don't think we really saw. Yeah, we really praised Jamie Lee Curtis last week for True Lies. But that was an actress who'd been around for, you know, almost 20 years at that point. Sandra Bullock had had one major role in a Hollywood movie. And one of my favorite moments here is when Keanu Reeves is just trying to uh, look down at the pedals or whatever. And he's on the phone with Jeff Daniels. And he's like, excuse me, ma'am. And he's basically digging underneath her legs. Like, no, it's clean. That line, if it wasn't for her reaction, is not a joke. But she's sort of like, huh? Like, is he talking? <laughs> he's looking at my dress. <laughs> And it only becomes a joke because she had this one really subtle, huh? <laughs> like, I don't know if that's scripted or not, but I mean, it, it's her delivery. She, she, I was so impressed with her when watching this movie. And I've said this a lot lately, especially since Ocean's Eight came out, where I feel like in Ocean's Eight, she was by far the least interesting and least impressive in that movie. But I'm not like a huge, I don't have a problem with Sandra Bullock, but I'm not a huge Sandra Bullock fan. If she's in a movie, I'm not going to avoid it, but it doesn't make me excited to see it. It's sort of like, eh, okay, Sandra Bullock, whatever. I'll never go out of my way because of Sandra Bullock. When I was watching this, I kept going like, man, she is so good in this movie. Uh her reactions when she's panicky here, she's starting driving, the humor she has, it's all fantastic. Uh and at this section of the movie, when, you know, they're um investigating the bomb and then – which I love the the way that Keanu Reeves described. He's like, gold band, fairly cheesy. (laughs) Perfect description of the watch, which is going to be important and come up later. Uh, This movie also has good – I know I'm all over the place. This movie has great exposition. The way that they set up things that aren't going to pay off to later on, like Dennis Hopper, you see him watching all these screens, but you don't realize that the one screen you're not seeing – is the one he's monitoring the bus on the fact that he keeps dropping wildcat every time he's on the phone. And even the whole gold watch thing about the, the cheap pension, none of these things become so obvious to the audience until they pay off later on. Uh, but then when she's like screaming officer, 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 <laughs> to start screaming into the thing, I just love that. She grabs the mic and screams that. And, uh, this whole chase in the city here, this is something that as exciting as it was watching it growing up, now that I actually have a license and drive, and drive in Winnipeg, the most dangerous place in the world to drive, <laughs> um, I have a total new appreciation for how terrifying this is when you know they're going, especially now you do the conversion, 80 kilometers for us, or if you're American, 50 miles an hour in a residential area is here. And some of the little stunts they do, like just side soaking the cars, you just realize like how intense this would be if they had to do that in real life. Um, the. The best gag here, which I have a great story about when I saw this the first time when I rented it, we all sort of sat in the living room and watched it. And when this gag came up with, I hate calling it a gag because it sounds insensitive, but when they crash into the baby stroller as the woman's crossing the street, um, and you just see the thing fly through the air. Sandra Wilk's hands come off the wheel. She covers her mouth. Again, great reaction shots from her. And then eventually it crashes all cans. Like, that's still, I know it's coming, but... It's also the same way that they sort of zoom in on the driver's face. It just it sells how terrifying this would be. And when we saw that, my mom gasped and like I'm sure every mother gasped when that moment came up. And then when it crashed in his can, she got angry. (laughs) <laughs> like, she was ranting for five minutes straight, and it wasn't like one of these things, this movie's disgusting. It actually would not end, where she's like, yeah, that's a really good movie, but I'm disgusted that they had that scene. In there. Like, she thought it was the most inappropriate thing she'd ever seen in a movie. I'll never forget that when I see that. Those cans like, were well, so innocent. innocent. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> um, they yeah, everywhere. That was a perfectly good, clean street. <laughs> no, they littered everywhere. Mean like, is this
1: lady collecting cans like, you know, uh, this is her income? Um, why is she using a baby stroller? It doesn't make sense, but like, it's such a great moment to have in the movie. Uh, they have a couple of cutaway things here, uh, with the kids crossing the street, and then Sandra Bullock again, just a great reaction. Why are they in school? Why are they in school? <laughs> uh, I just love it that so much.
0: but it's like Why are they in school? <laughs>
1: Uh, I can no, I, could, I totally see the appeal of Sandra Bullock in the right role like this. I just feel like too often she, it, it doesn't, it's the same thing with like Keanu Reeves. They wrote this script in a way, I think that it tailored to the real personalities. And I don't feel like we always get that out of Sandra Bullock, um, especially in like oceans eight or whatever. Um, but this all sort of ends with the, uh, the almost tip over of the bus, which is another great moment. Uh, where they're saying we have a hard right turn coming up, and Central's like, that's a dead end. We're going to tip over. He's like, we're not going to tip over. Yes, we're going to tip over. We're not going to tip over. And he just sort of paused it looks like, you're right, we're going to tip over. <laughs> Everybody on this side of the bus, please. <laughs> and uh, they take that hard right turn, which, again, great stunt that they could pull this off with a bus. I love the behind-the-scenes stuff uh, with the driving here. And if you think, well, this is really the most action this bus gets out of the jump that's going to come up because – after this, they sort of get them to the freeway, and it's just sort of like smooth sailing. And then they get to the airport, and it's even smoother sailing. It's not that the uh, action in the movie really dies down at any point. It's just it. it the stunts are sort of gone. But I, I love that we have all this stuff in here. I also love Dennis Hopper. They're showing him watching all these TVs, and the news footage is on there. And uh, he's watching the football game. Yeah, yeah, go, go, go! <laughs> Uh, he's such a fun villain, and that's what I kind of miss because I don't think you could ever get away. We talked about in True Lies. I feel like people misunderstood the villains of that movie, and what I loved about it was that the villains actually felt kind of real and in a way where where at least in their minds they were justified. This is the exact opposite. This is what the 90s were all about. The villains were just despicable and almost cartoonishly evil and fun. And I don't even know the last time, maybe in like an Expendables movie, which they're throwbacks to like the 80s, 90s style anyways. But I just love having a fun villain in this movie where you can kind of laugh at him in a way you like him. Uh, this is where they have that moment about, you know, uh, the, tomorrow we play another game. Um, and uh, yeah, the Alan Ruck. Okay, here's <laughs> here's one of the other great lines where <laughs> they're talking about the um, – uh, the, the cops or whatever, and, um, you know, if you die, then they uh, they got to take – your taxes pay their salary or whatever. It's like, you die, they got to take a pay cut. <laughs> that line from anybody else, I mean, you can understand why the other passengers kind of hate him. But I'm like, I kind of like this guy. I would say something stupid like that. And when Jack's trying to get uh, the passengers off the bus and he's saying, you know, you, you have to let me uh, have one person off the bus, he goes, nobody gets off. He goes, we have an injured man here. The driver's been shot. You haven't been shooting the passengers, have you, Jack? (laughs) And this is the first reference he has about the wildcat here, which, again, you have no idea how it's going to pay off. It's not obvious in any way, even when you watch it, like, 16 times. And here we get him ordering Ortiz to help him. It's like, Gigantor, (laughs) which I I remember just loving. And it seemed like, you know, like it was almost an insulting thing, like just calling him Gigantor, only to realize that I guess Gigantor was like a cartoon from the sixties or whatever. So he was sort of referring to it. Would be like calling a person with glasses Mister Magoo, you know, <laughs> which almost makes it sound like more like he's making fun of him. But uh, uh, I always remember this guy's gigantic. And, and how great is Gigantor slash Ortiz in this movie?
0: Yeah, he's good. I like best best uh, ever portrayal of Gigantor on the big screen I've ever seen.
1: Yes, exactly. Um, best Ortiz big man we have seen <laughs> <laughs> in any anniversary month. We are going to have. Gigantor slash Ortiz month coming soon (laughs) Uh, but they unload he gives permission to unload the driver as he's unloading the driver um you know Dennis Hopper you think is watching the news footage as the old dumb old lady who's panicky starts off the bus and Kate so Joe Morton knows he'll let me have one off the bus he's watching these other cops have to know that and what bothers me almost as much as the old lady being like Take my hand! Help! Help! First of all, that Kiana Reeves is not seeing her walk past him. <laughs> when later on, I mean, Sandra Bullock, Ortiz is simply leaning over a line. She's like, hey, get behind the line. Nobody sees his old lady make her way down the stairs. And then the other cop's like, come on, lady, come on! It's just, it's so dumb. If I have what I'm not even going to say complain, because I think it's a great moment in the movie, especially just for exposition to kind of set up, you know, He's watching, but we don't get how he's watching, Uh and how that pays off later is great. And the, the bombing, but man, I hate this old lady, and I hate the cough telling her to come to. She deserves uh, it.
0: Just he, saying well, it now.
1: Does. Uh, <laughs> sorry, old lady, but you deserve it. Oh, uh, I'm choking on my hate of uh, old lady Helen here. <laughs> um. But yeah, she gets dragged under the bus. And, and again, great reactions. There are, I guess there was a couple moments. I, I thought it was just the one, but there are a couple moments in the movie where they kind of sell more the terror of this happening and being a terrorist incident. Um, but let's, uh, should we kind of, no, let's, let's group in a couple things here before we get to the, the big thing coming up. Um, I love uh, Dennis Hopper, interactive TV, Jack, wave of the future. <laughs> a line that only Dennis Hopper could deliver. And then we get the uh, first fight here, between alan ruck and ortiz and the tension between them which for characters they're probably the only ones that really get any real character or screen time out of the passengers but i just love the dynamic between these guys and alan ruck uh where he's like i can't be here and I, again, i'm again completely understanding alan ruck's point of view he's talking about how he feels and then ortiz looks at him hey shut up man
0: <laughs> <laughs> i got a wife <laughs> that's not right oh just because you got a wife that means you're more important <laughs>
1: Yeah, and then we get the guys like, "So cuz you have a wife and I don't, that means I deserve to die and you don't." Like <laughs> it's it's a, it's a it's a scene that actually is really good because it's it's showing how this stress would get to the passengers, but it also gives us so much character out of these these people who really only have about, you know, half a dozen lines each. Uh and everybody's freaking out and you know, uh Sandra Bullock is barely holding it together and we kind of get the first nice moment here. Where Keanu is like, it's gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay. They're there.
0: She's like, I can't. I can't. <laughs> They're, there. They're
1: there. Whoa. Cool. <laughs> I just want to know what
0: bust it is. They're there.
1: I also love uh, in this fight here a couple of little things Ortiz saying, just let everybody die in peace. <laughs> And then uh, <laughs> the, the, the hotshot young kid here you're really tough, oh, huh, Gigantor? And he calls him Gigantor too.
0: <laughs> my favorite um, bit, you completely missed the, my favorite bit of the whole bit, is when he's um Keanu Reeves is under the bus and he's looking at the bomb and he sees these four. He's like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. And Alan Rock's like, oh, darn. <laughs> 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 it's like relaying the phone back to Harry. <laughs> and then-
1: I mean, I don't think any of these people, other than Alan Ruck, none of these passengers are particularly good actors. In fact, in a way, I kind of love the bad acting we get, like, like, or like I said, Ortiz, where it's like, "Hey, shut up, man! He's <laughs> like, so intense. I got He's a wife. Never actually.
0: <laughs> I got a wife. Just let everybody die in peace. I want to go. Shut up, man. I have a cat."
1: Well, I want to go like, hey, shut up, man. I got a wife. She just got dragged under the wheels,
0: okay? Then I'm <laughs> going to feel for you, Ortiz. I'm not going to feel for you right now. You know that woman who got dragged under the wheels? That's my wife, man. That's my wife. <laughs> Her name is Martha. Um, <laughs> Martha, why did you why say did you, that name? Why did you say
1: that name? <laughs> um, I'll kind of stop baby, in here before we get to <laughs> <laughs> Loving uh, and everything we'll tra- I've ever
0: said on the show. <laughs> we'll,
1: we'll we'll let you get up to this section because I just want to talk about it very briefly. After this, the bus jump in its own section here. So everything up until the bus jump, anything you want to talk about?
0: I don't know if I really have a whole lot. I mean, I'm just reading through my notes. And yeah, I, I was going to open with that line, we're just, two cool guys hanging out. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, my favourite probably line in the whole movie, outside of, can do it tomorrow, busy, is, you know, just when he's on the phone, it's just like, oh fuck, oh fuck, oh darn. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I really want to know why this woman is carrying a pram full of cans, because there's even like a shot you see of them about to cross the road. And it almost looks like this woman she's talking to is looking in the prams. It's like, oh, look how cute the baby is, which uh, it's kind of dumb because, like, are these just two, like, homeless women who are going, like, oh, look how many cans you've got. You're going to get 50 cents for those. Like, oh, good job. Uh, I'm
1: sure everywhere you go, you see old people collecting cans or or digging through dumpsters and stuff like that. But they're never in baby
0: carriages. Like you take a shopping cart for that. <laughs>
1: That's the image everybody has.
0: Yeah, I get it. it doesn't have the same impact. No. Oh my god! I just ran over that person's groceries. Yeah. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> it's all right. It's all right! They were cans. They were cans.
1: Yeah, You're yeah. Going... But
0: it might have been like like Coke or Pepsi or Spray, not like RC Cola or some knockoff. But I love the woman who's like pram gets run over. Who's the reaction is like, hey, like they're my cans. <laughs> Those are my cans. God damn it. Hey, shut up, man. I got cans. <laughs> shut up, man. There's Pepsi in there. Um <laughs> said no one ever. Uh, <laughs> I I think I've just I've jumped a little bit ahead here because I just I know you're about to talk about the the jump. But like one of my favorite random characters in this movie is the guy who's on the phone who's just like are you sure? Well, how far? And it's just like yelling at <laughs> oh the guy, and it's like the freeway's not finished. And it's just yeah. like the the way he reacts. He's like, "Well, how far?" It's like he's so angry. Uh, <laughs> just sit like that one little bit, but I think you hit the nail on the head about the acting. Like outside of Alan Rock, he's <laughs> really not that good. Uh, oh. But it's 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 passable though. It's not one of these movies. It's so like The Notebook, where your main star is meant to be a good actor. Ah, oh, but he's so yeah. sexy. Like, you can you can not pass into that because that's where you're meant to be. You know, like Sandra Bullock and Keanu Reeves weren't good actors, which, admittedly, they're not sometimes. But, like, this is, as you said, it's written for them, so it works. But, but like, you just kind of pass it off in this film. And yeah. I think that's where Speed 2, as much as I don't think it's as bad as everyone says it is it still right. is not the first movie. And I think the bad acting in speed two is a lot more noticeable than it is. than it is in speed one, uh, just because there's a lot wrong with speed two. Again, even though I said, I don't think it's as bad as everyone says it is, but that's another cool. episode. Uh, but yeah. Um, anything else you
1: want to talk about? Cause I had a question about speed two for you.
0: Well, no, go, go ask me. Cause I, I kind of stopped myself there because I wanted to hear your question. Cause you're smarter than I am. Um, <laughs> Speed to and it, this is gonna sound terrible, but <laughs> the best. Oh, <coughs> that sound terrible. Uh, it seems like you need a throat, throat uh, lozenge or something. Uh,
1: sounds like my wife is smothering me and I can't breathe. Um, Jamie, um, get off him.
0: <laughs> can't
1: breathe. Shh, it's okay. Shut
0: up, it's Jamie. Okay. I've got a podcast.
1: <laughs> um, this is gonna sound bad, but we have Speed here, a movie where there are. A lot of actors who are not the best actors in the world, but they're likable. And then we have Speed 2, where arguably you have a better cast, primarily the villain. I mean, Willem Dafoe, he's a better actor than Dennis Hopper any day of the week. But I'm going to make the argument that Willem Dafoe is one of the problems with Speed 2 because he's not a fun villain. He's so serious. I mean, they made their villain a guy who's dying from cancer or whatever. And what that movie's lacking that this has is a little bit of fun. Because even the Jason Patrick character, he doesn't feel fun, you know? He also doesn't feel likable. There's something about Jason Patrick that's just a little bit scummy. And it, in a way that, like, as an audience member, you love scummy Jason Patrick. But you don't ever want, ever want to root for him. And Keanu Reeves, despite not being the best actor, there's a real likable quality about him. And even with guys like Ortiz or, you know, the uh, uh, we're way out of control guy, they're terrible actors. And some of the delivery of the lines, it's it's like laughably bad in like a cult way, where you're like, I, I love the bad delivery of these lines, but they're still likable. And that's where I think Willem Dafoe, maybe just as much as everything else about that movie, missed the mark.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's been a while since I've seen it, but yeah, no, I, I, I vaguely... I mean, I think I said to you last week, like, who's the main guy in Speed 2? Because I can't even remember Jason. Who remembers Jason Patrick? I mean, come on. <laughs> um, but like, I do remember Willem Dafoe in that film, but... Yeah, I mean, I can't even remember the fact that he's dying of cancer or something along those lines. But I think you're right. Like, Dennis Hopper, it's kind of, you almost excuse the fact that he doesn't have backstory, really. Because we can sit here and go, well, why does he want this? Why does he want that? But he's just kind of that, I think, as you mentioned, that kind of cartoonish villain. Which you can excuse it. It's kind of like, you know, we noticed that a lot of that, didn't we, in our Bond ones on 007? Download now via iTunes. That... Yeah, a lot of these Bond villains really don't have the background, but you love them because they're just so over the top and that's what you like about that type of James Bond film. So you can excuse it. Whereas I think Will and Defoe just is that type of person that I'm sure in real life that if you kind of pissed him off, he's going to turn that way pretty quickly. Whereas, yeah. you know, Rip Dennis Hopper, he's somebody who actually is dead. <laughs> I hope he's still alive, Gene Hackman. Um, oh, you know, is he? Or are you joking? Like, <laughs> no, I'm I did? not. I'm not actually joking. Dennis Hopper died about ten years ago. Like, Dennis Hopper's been what? dead for quite some time. You didn't know oh, that? Come on. You think Gene Hackman's dead? You don't know that? Could Dennis he? Hopper died in 2010. Couldn't you like let me down gently on that one? Wow, Jesus! I think I'm about <laughs> to start <Colin> crying. Like, <laughs> Dennis Hopper was dead. <laughs> um, Next, you're gonna tell me
1: Alan Rickman's dead, and all the villains from my favorite action movies are gone.
0: Well. <laughs> Did you know that John Lennon died? Um, but yeah, no, I, I mean, Speed 2 would be an interesting one. Maybe we could do that next year for Bad Movie Month or something. Yeah. Because, I mean, I was reading a lot before we started recording here that uh, it made like the list of worst sequels, you know, more than I think any other sequel pretty much and is often considered the worst sequel ever. Uh, and they often say the smartest thing that Keanu Reeves ever did was not being in Speed 2. <laughs> so, you know, but that uh, uh, doesn't really affect Sandra Bullock, though. Uh, poor old Keanu Reeves.
1: Well, we're going to get a chance to talk a little bit more about Speed 2 later on. I'm just going to say up front, I'm with you that I don't think it's a terrible movie. I've watched it more than once. And I don't think I ever walk away from being like, wow, what a great movie. But I feel like if that wasn't called Speed 2, if that was called The Boat That Couldn't Slow Down or something like that, (laughs) uh, people would be a lot more accepting of it. Because what they did right in that movie is they made it almost more of a disaster movie. It was more the Poseidon Adventure. Mm. This is pre-Titanic, but Poseidon Adventure Titanic than it was Speed. But it's just the idea that you call it a speed movie and it's like a cruise ship that can't slow down. What's going to happen when a boat that's going the fraction of 50 miles an hour with nothing but open water <laughs> and nothing to crash into cannot slow down? The tension's insane. Calling that Speed 2, I think, is the reason it's considered one of the worst sequels.
0: Yeah, and I'd agree with that. It's kind of, we're going to talk about it a lot when it comes to the prequels, aren't we, for Star Wars? <laughs> that um, You know, a lot of that comes around with the negativity around that, but yeah, anyway, Speed 2 would be a good one to cover. I don't really have much to add on anything you've sort of said. I think you've kind of covered pretty much everything. Um, I, I mean, it's just one thing about this movie that I will say is that you never look at your watch. This movie is so yeah. action-packed and fast-paced that before you know it, the movie's over, and that's what's great yeah. about this. We talked about the during, thing like, True Lies last week as well, That, and that's what makes for a, a good film, like a good type of action movie like this, is that you You're constantly on that edge of your seat, constantly watching, "Oh wow, this is great. and I think it's it's a style of action movie that we don't necessarily get anymore, um because everything's kind of so serious now, and I'm not saying you don't ever get it, but I don't know, it's it's the same way I look at James Bond now. like I enjoy the James Bond movie still uh, for what they've done with it. um, uh, but it's just not what I want from a James Bond movie. I like this old style of action movie compared to sometimes what you get today.
1: Well, now let's talk about what everybody remembers from this movie. And I think I, I stand by. I think that the Keanu Reeves jumping onto the bus is the iconic image from this movie. But this is the moment everybody remembers. And even though, as you said, this has been so picked apart today as in being so unrealistic and all that, um, and I feel like something with the stunt is lost. Maybe it's the fact that you can't see any passengers on it. Um, but I think it's also uh, – I'm going to be a little bit critical about this because it is a spectacular moment as far as the story goes. And there's a reason why this movie is always remembered as you know the movie where they, they jump the bus over the gap in the freeway because it's such a great idea. But I'm going to be a little bit critical about how it's filmed and how it's handled compared to so many other great stunts in this movie. Um, but the moment itself – the fact that you've thrown so much at the audience, and then all of a sudden you have the guy say, Then how far? <laughs> and then I love the argument he has with Joe Morton, was like, There's a gap coming up ahead, 50 feet at least. And then he's like,
0: It shows us finished on the map. And he's like, I guess they ran behind. <laughs> <laughs> You're fired. Everyone's fired. Yeah, it's a, it's a J. Jonah it's Jameson Joe- moment of this movie. You're yeah. fired, you're all
1: <laughs> I love Joe Morton, but I, yeah, I also agree with you. I love this other guy, uh the the uh, How Far guy. Let's just call him. Let's call him Charlie Fleehan. Now that Alan yeah, Charlie <laughs> Fleahan,
0: there he is. Uh,
1: but it's it's such a brilliant idea, and. Again, what's crazy about this movie is that so much was spoiled by the trailers because by the time this movie came out, I think it probably came out maybe in the spring. So it had been out, as I said, six to nine months before I ever got to see it. And you saw Keanu Reeves jumping onto the bus. You saw the pop quiz stuff in the trailers. You saw the bus jump. They never showed the end of it, but the trailers and TV spots would always end with that bus jump starting and then just you know being suspended midair. I feel like the moment still holds up dramatically uh, and it shouldn't because it's such an exciting movie. And now that you've removed all the other obstacles around you, it's more imagination than anything else. Like, can you imagine if a bus had to jump this? But now getting a little bit nitpicky about my second favorite action movie of all time, um, I think that them cutting to different angles kills this because it makes it look like tricky editing. And it wasn't until, I think, years later that I realized that not only did they do a real jump, they didn't go 50 feet and they weren't suspended over, you know, a giant gap over a freeway. But they built a ramp, you know, on a back lot. The ramp itself may have been, I don't know, six to eight feet off the ground, just enough that to give the bus a lift. And they did drive a real bus, multiply multiple buses over a gap, which I, I, I wish I could find the exact distance, but let's just say it was like 30 feet. They got a considerable distance out of that. And watching the behind-the-scenes footage again is spectacular. Even though you realize when you're watching the behind-the-scenes footage, it's like, oh, well, they digitally put in that gap below them. Because you actually are just watching a bus go off a ramp and then land 30 feet you know, uh, on the pavement uh, beyond that. It's a great stunt that I feel like looks way better. When you watch behind-the-scenes footage than it does by watching the movie. And it's because, for me, I thought when I was younger, I'm like, well, this is obviously just a model. Because all the passengers are ducking. And when you see the bus jump, you don't see anybody there. So I never even saw this when I was younger as a stunt. And I feel like I should have. And now I watch it, and I feel like, okay, well, I can I can forgive they're not being passengers. But what doesn't look so real about it is the fact that they have like four different angles over the course of the 5 to 10 seconds it takes this bus to jump. And I love this moment as far as the story goes, but I have to be a bit cr- critical about how it was pulled off.
0: Yeah, I I really don't think this holds up at all, and I think maybe it is tainted by seeing it this, you know, on lists and kind of being, you know, torn apart over the years. Um it I would I really would like to see those behind the scenes things of it though because I feel like this is something that the movie that should be known for kind of should hold up and kind of they- it should be filmed in a different way where you can appreciate the stunt work but it is kind of just poorly edited the way it chops from one side to the other and I think that's the issue with it and it kind of because you see like the part where they're driving up the freeway and it's kind of it is on an incline so like you kind of see it that they're going up and that they're there for should be something but like when you see it jumping like it's so flat and it kind of it's like for a 50 foot jump it's like and it's like oh cool they've landed And it's just even the reaction of people just, like, on the bus, like, I think you should be more panicky about this, or just when they land, and just, like, oh, cool, you just jumped that, cool, let's keep going. Um, Yeah, I mean, I've only seen one of the Fast and Furious movies, and I feel like there's more realistic stunts in those, and don't they, like, jump out of skyscrapers and run away from submarines in the snow and something like that? I don't know. Uh, But, yeah, it's just, I don't think this holds up at all, and it's, I, yeah, I would really like to see those documentaries so I can maybe appreciate the stunt work for it a little bit more.
1: But I do love it as far as the story goes that now all of a sudden you're going to throw in something so big as we have to jump a gap in the freeway. Yeah. So I don't want to be too critical of that. It's just I I don't feel like it looks as good. And and here's the crazy thing. I don't feel like even at the age of 13 seeing this movie that I thought it looked that good then,
0: you know? Yeah. No, I I would agree with that. I think – and the tension part of it because, I mean, you said it before how – you know, the initial scenes of them driving around corners and this and that, and it's kind of the only initial part of the movie where you get that sense of like tension and speed because the rest of them is just Mm. driving up and down a freeway. Oh, we're going to make a jump and boom, we're just doing laps of an airport kind of, you know, it does take that away a little bit from it, but um, yeah, I think kind of, this would be the one that would be interesting if this was made today, rather than 1994, that how it would be shot differently. Um, And I'm I'm not saying they should ever remake this movie. No, they should not remake speed because you'll never be able to, capture the same level uh that you've got back in 1994 with it but um yeah i don't know
1: all right so the bus jumps over uh it was important to talk about but let's move on uh just after they jump you have all the passengers celebrating and they're screaming and they're hollering and we get the the young guy again, we are way out of control! And then Keanu has another one of the nice moments with uh, Sandra Bullock where he's like, yeah, I think you missed your calling, you should have been a pilot <laughs> <laughs> very cheesy one-liner, but again it's the sincerity of Keanu Reeves that makes these lines not cheesy and also just really quickly just to mention we talked about the chemistry between these two, which obviously was strong enough that uh, you know, they made another movie years oh. later, uh, The Lake House <laughs> oh. Um and because of the type of people they were, they the, the actors, they didn't want to repeat speed, so they did something completely different. Um, I never saw The Lake House. Jamie Diant. bought it and has never watched it, and that's like <laughs> Jamie who loves everything Keanu Reeves. She still hasn't brought herself to watch it, so... I was in um,
0: Victoria We I was, we was was when we were staying with Mallory's mum and Mallory's mum just was in this mood to watch like soppy romantic movies or something. So I think she actually had watched The Notebook and that's where I'd seen like half an hour of it or something. And then all of a sudden yeah. it was like, oh, we've got this movie called The Lake House. We should watch it. And then Mallory was all like, oh, no, I'm going to go to bed. So they started watching it, and within, like, half an hour, Marilu's like, Marilu's like, oh, I fucking love this movie. It's so good. And I'm like, oh, uh, my God. The only exciting part of the whole thing is the fact that it's got Dylan Walsh in it from uh, Nip Tuck. I'm like, oh, my God, it's Sean. I've not seen him in anything in ages. There he is. And he's, of course, the guy that Sandra Bullock doesn't choose, and she chooses Keanu because there's, like, a, a mystical letterbox, which they're – I don't get it. It's dumb. Like they're It's in like the future. time travel, right? <laughs> oh, it's stupid. It's like they're writing to each other in the future, but the ones in the past, like, it's just dumb stupid
1: you know what to bridge the gap of the notebook to the lake house could i just recommend a really great movie with rachel mcadams that has a very similar type of feel to the lake house which is um what's it called the time traveler's wife with eric banna i'm not saying rachel mcadams
0: i've heard it's good yeah
1: that one was really good because i mean that one the timeline's all over the place because he's just this time traveler who just pops in and out of periods of her life and she sees him when he's like he's the same age everywhere he jumps but he sees her as a ten-year-old girl, and then he jumps forward and sees her as a thirty-year-old woman, and then he's back to when she's nineteen. That's a cool movie. Maybe we can cover that one yeah, day. Sounds a
0: bit creepy that he's like stalking her when she's a ten-year-old girl, and then you know, I I don't know how that works.
1: I mean, it's 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 no creepier than just Ryan Gosling in general, True. so well, uh, it's the, the acceptable.
0: La- the Lake House has um, Kevin Spacey. I mean, Christopher Plummer in it. Um, you know, you often get them confused because oh. <laughs> obviously Kevin Spacey used Love to be him. in it, but then they reshot it with Christopher Plummer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: Uh, Christopher Plummer's Canadian, so you could recast him in anything, and we're all happy here.
0: Until he uh, ends up getting caught with his pants down. They have to, like, I don't know, put... Yeah, Ooh, they put... find out
1: that him and 10-year-old Rachel McAdams had a thing, and then, you know... Michael Emerson! They're going to replace
0: him with... Michael Emerson! Yeah, you... <laughs> what, he he did something inappropriate, too? No, no, Michael Is Emerson! Is anybody no. left? <laughs> Michael Emerson should replace everyone, because he needs to be in more things.
1: Oh, well, you know, I was thinking Willem Dafoe, because he already wow. replaced Dennis Hopper. But... Sure,
0: Willem Dafoe is in everything. <laughs> I mean, he needs to win an Oscar eventually, so, you know, put him in there. As
1: long as he's not playing Leonardo da Vinci, or uh, who is it he played? <laughs> Vincent van Gogh? As long as he's not playing Van Gogh, I'm
0: happy. <laughs> I you were to say, as long as he's not playing Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, one day. <laughs> he could play Ryan Gosling, though, better than Ryan Gosling. <laughs> better, better looking than Ryan Gosling.
1: <laughs> Hands down.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Um, so, after this, we really get to the airport scene. So, pretty much as soon as the bus jump is done, and this is why I was saying, even though the setting of the movie has changed as far as location, and we're just on this freeway where there's not any obstacles, like we're in the city, uh, we still have this excitement of the bus jump. And then they jump immediately to Kian is just saying, Get off, you know, turn off here. And they turn into the airport. And I love that uh, his captain there, um, Joe Morton, is so excited. That a boy, Jack. And they're all like, Whoa, what? Whoa. It's like, uh, you know he could circle the runway for hours, and the, the you know coppers, uh, the the coppers, <laughs> them coppers won't follow in there. <laughs> the helicopters will not follow in there, and of course, it slips everybody's mind that they're running over those spike things that make it impossible for you to enter something. Yeah, so like he could circle for hours, and that the audience is immediately shown this was a bad idea. Like that freeway probably went you know well far enough that that they would have been safe at least as long as it took them to circle this runway and have all the air deflate out of the tires and then eventually lose all the gas. Basically, everything up until they land that bus jump is all Dennis Hopper's fault <laughs> and the old lady. Um, <laughs> everything after this is all Keanu Reeves' fault, and he just gets away with it. Like He got a medal after his first rescue. Like After this, I guarantee he's out of suspension because he caused so much disaster from this point on.
0: And I, I do like love the fact as well that... Again, pre-2001, you can just drive into an air, no questions asked, and, you know, and why are there still planes? Like, do they not shut down the airport? You would think, like, oh, there's, yeah. a, there's a bus <laughs> travelling- There's a bomb! A bomb on a bus travelling 50 miles an hour, let's keep flying them, we've got that, that plane to get to Dallas, it's, it's late already, come on now, people need to get to a convention. I
1: mean, <laughs> we're going to see coming up that they still have planes on this runway, apparently, because yes. that's what ends up blowing up, with pilots, who probably died in that phase.
0: This, this is Casino Royale all over again, where they have Having, yeah, you know, like 5 a.m. plane launches, and there's just maniacs driving around. But oh no, we'll just keep planes taking off. I do, I do love. I know we've already mentioned it before, but Alan Rock, we're at the airport. I've already been to mm-hmm. the airport. I've already seen the airport. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love him. Give him an Oscar.
1: Yeah, him. Oh, we're going to have Sam Rockwell and Alan Ruck both Oscar winners by the <laughs> yeah. end of 2019. All on in oh, our influence.
0: That would be so good. Alan Ruck coming up there, winning an Oscar. <laughs> oh, God. Gives me chills.
1: But, I mean, the idea is, you know, solid. You can circle the runway here. Um, and then, uh, why do I write pink slip in my notes? Is there something about a pink slip? Uh, oh, this is this the phone call with Dennis Hopper. Yes. Um, so, anyways, uh, he has another phone call with Dennis Hopper, and he talks about, you know, uh, you got a medal. All I got was a pink slip and a note that says, "Sorry about your hand." And he he may have even mentioned the the, the watch here. I don't remember, but uh, uh, at this point, Jack needs to get off the bus because he has a plan. Uh, the passenger's like, oh, "Is it just you getting off?" It's like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll come back or whatever." Uh, Because he argues to Dennis Hopper, it's not against the rules. And I kind of wish, if there's anything else I want to add that I think they could have done differently in this movie, I love that Dennis Hopper set it up as, these are the rules. And he literally only gives one rule, nobody gets off the bus. (laughs) So when Keanu Reeves brings up, it's not against the rules, it would have been great if he said, nobody gets off the bus, nobody does this, nobody does that, nobody can interfere. And then he catches him in something, and Dennis Hopper's like, oh, you got me? Okay, you can leave. Uh, but but then he gives his line here, do not attempt to grow a brain. And if Dennis Hopper were not delivering that line, that is a terrible line. That's like, it, I don't like sand; it's coarse and rough and irritating. And it gets everywhere all over again. Do you think do you if Dennis Hopper a brain, was
0: Anakin Skywalker, that line would have worked?
1: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Dennis Hopper, let's also say, if Hayden Christensen were delivering that line to Dennis Hopper and Nat, not, not Natalie Portman, <laughs> sexual chemistry through the roof. I hate
0: you! Go away, Natalie. Bring in Dennis Hopper.
1: <laughs> um, anyway, so he, Keanu gets off the bus, and as soon as he's off, you know, um, Joe Morton's saying, okay, well, the helicopters are gone. Let's get these people off the bus. And Keanu's like, no, he's 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 thinking ahead. I know him. He's going to have a plan for that, but I have an idea. I could try to defuse the bomb. So uh, that's his plan. They, they end up having uh, him on this little uh, servicing tr- – what do you even call those things? To go underneath a
0: car on wheels? Uh, uh, it's, that's not a dolly. Dolly's a – no, it's a uh, – Let's call it a dolly. A dolly. Yeah, sure.
1: A dolly. Okay, so he's on a dolly. <laughs> Ken and his little dolly going underneath the bus (laughs) while it's going 80 kilometers an hour, and he's got his SWAT team vest and his muscles are rippling, and this is where Jamie's very excited, because he's dirty and sweaty and doing crazy stunts. Um, And I love that Ortiz is on the bus before he even realizes, I'm telling you, honey, he's off somewhere jerking
0: off! (laughs) Imagine that. I just wish they would cut to Keanu Reeves just on a bus all the time. Oh, God, I really need to get one out. Oh, I'm so horny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, time to go back. <laughs>
1: I kept my word. <laughs> um, but Keanu goes under, and and again, the reactions of the passengers, is, I, I keep bringing them up, but this is another moment where it, it, in a fun movie, it brings the seriousness and the drama back to it where they're all like, what is he doing? And they're just watching him on this little dolly on a a cable that's slowly being let out, slowly being lowered underneath the bus that is going 80 kilometers an hour as he's being dragged. And I don't know how long this runway is, but, like, they have to make corners at some point. And there's no point here where they're like, all right, we're making a left turn. Hold on. Um, I don't think this runway is long enough that he could have done all of it. But still, it's a great sequence. And Keanu's trying to defuse the bomb. Jeff Daniels is on the line with him. They got all their technical mumbo-jumbo, talking about collapsible circuits and all that stuff. Um, and I want to throw this out there. Tom Cruise has become the guy who's synonymous with not only doing his own stunts, but having that character that is just so insane where all the other characters of the movie are like, I can't believe he's doing this uh, w- when he's climbing up a building or uh, the, the the moment where he's uh, hanging off the side of the airplane in Rogue Nation. And even Simon Pegg is like, oh, my God. <laughs> and people's jaws are dropping. I think Keanu did it first, and I'm struggling to think of any action movie prior to this, where somebody's doing an insane stunt, and they're really selling to the audience. This is a crazy thing. And also, let's not forget, Keanu did most of his own stunts in this movie. And I don't know you know, uh, how much of when he's under the bus is actually underneath a moving bus. Probably very little of it. But there's still that moment where he's being you know, slowly uh, dragged underneath it. Like that's a real shot. And I give Keanu Reeves credit for this. This is the first Ethan Hunt. And I think that's the other thing that was missing from speed two is we keep talking about speed two. It's like Jason Patrick didn't have like, there wasn't that jaw dropping, you know, wow moment where you're like, this guy is nuts. And the same as Tom Cruise has as Ethan Hunt is the same thing Keanu Reeves has. And I keep saying the same word over and over again. It's just sincerity and humbleness. He's not like, you know, I got an idea. You know, I, I'm the big tough SWAT team guy. He's just like, well, I think I gotta go under the bus and try to defuse it. <laughs> but it's still a great scene. And you're slowly seeing like the tires falling apart on the uh the bus because they've been punctured. Uh they can't defuse the bomb. So just in time, Jeff Daniels finds out, you know, we've we've got this guy, because it was a plot point set up earlier on where he's like, okay, we've looked through mugshots, but I want to look at cops, and he's just playing a hunch. And he he talks about the pension, and again, it hasn't been revealed to the audience the watch. That's it. Um, but they finally find him. They match the picture, so they know his name is Howard Payne. They know his address. He screams out, those scott scumbag!" <laughs> like, go! <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "Just hang tight. We're gonna go get him." keanu is about to, I guess, be pulled out of here when the tires again blow and his cart or dolly get dragged underneath the wheels, and he's hanging on underneath. This bus, barely clinging to his life, he stabs the gas tank with a screwdriver. Gas is leaking all over him. One of the most exciting scenes in the whole movie, as they're like, you know, he's not behind us. We get the guy who shot the driver, who's all of a sudden the most helpful guy. He's not behind us! He's not behind us! (laughs) And they open up the access panel. They see he's just underneath there. Gigantor Ortiz pulls him in. He gives some type of line. I I didn't write it down, but it's something about, you know, uh, y- you got one big s- hairy set of cojones. What is yeah. it? He says. Did you? Write oh,
0: something. Yeah. It's like, you got one big. Yeah, and then with it um, canary is like, you're disgusting, but thank you. He's like <laughs> that's very gross, Ortiz. <laughs> <laughs> he's a gentleman. He
1: doesn't talk like that. Um, and then <laughs> oh yeah, you're not too bright, but you got some big old hairy cojones. <laughs> um, so. The other great moment is Sandra Bullock's like smacking him as she's driving the bus. And all of a sudden she's like, what's that? It's like gasoline. We're leaking gas? We are now. <laughs> what, you need, you need another challenge? <laughs> I just love these two together. I really wish that they'd done another fun movie. You know what would be great? We, we've seen Keanu reuniting with Lawrence Fishburne now in, in uh, John Wick 2 and then 3 coming up. Can we just have Sandra Bullock in... A John Wick movie, or have Keanu Reeves in the next Oceans movie? Like that would be the ultimate. Just see these two in a fun movie again. That's what I want to see. Um, so we quickly cut to Jeff Daniels, who arrives at uh, what they think is Dennis Hopper's house. Um, they quickly realize they trip some type of wire, and the house blows up. So Jeff Daniels is now dead. Now this was something that was changed very late in the movie because I don't even know if you're aware of this, but the original script had Jeff Daniels' character being the villain. And whether it was you know him uh, being upset because you know he was out of action because of this injury we were shot or if he was just setting up from the beginning, he was supposed to be the villain. Now, I've never been able to find out if it was like he was in cahoots with uh, Dennis Hopper or if it was just revealed like you have this mysterious villain the whole time and it turns out to be him. But instead, they decided, well, we've got one villain or we'll use Dennis Hopper. And then, for dramatic effect, we'll kill off, kill off Jeff, De- Jeff Daniels. Now, I had never seen Jeff Daniels in anything. I think Dumb and Dumber came out after this. You know, to be honest, I, I, I would have seen Dumb and Dumber first because I would have seen that in theaters, and it took me until you know a couple months later before I saw Speed. Uh, so yeah, I knew who Jeff Daniels was, but it shocked me when he died, and I still feel like that holds up. And in no way is it predictable that he's going to die. Mm. Uh, part of it is just how good the exposition is in this movie, and how much they hide things from the audience. Uh, that you think, well, we have him now. Maybe you'll have a gunfight out. But Jeff Daniels dying is a great, shocking death in the middle of the movie, not on the end. Uh, And then as Jack gets the phone call and he thinks it's Harry, uh, he's like, tell me good news, man. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. Harry didn't make it. Jack loses it and he um, goes on his uh, big speech here. Uh, To to Jack He again mentions that wildcat behind the wheel Uh, Keanu flips out And Sandra Bullock again has another nice moment Where she's like, we need you Jack I can't do this myself And he's finally starting to calm down And he looks at her shirt And again, not revealed to the audience The way that they play this is so smart Where he's like, you went to the University of Arizona She's like, yeah It's like, good school Yeah, I guess (laughs) Good football team Okay It's like the Arizona Wildcats. What? <laughs> he's been watching you the whole time.
0: <laughs> and he, just the other thing. Oh. Like, what were you going to say? I was just literally going to say, it's yeah, such a problem. Just get, just say it straight away, Keanu. Like, you know, it's yeah. like, LAPD, let me on the bus. Like, you can literally just say, oh my God, Wildcats. They're your football team. Like, it takes 20 minutes to explain it. But I like that because I think you have this
1: way of building more suspense with the movie and they never set anything up until they're done with the one thing, you know, we don't get the driving through the city and the hard right turn until we've had the bus finally arming and Keanu on it. Then we don't get the bus jump until we're out of the city. And then we don't get the airport runway until we're off the bus jump. And then we don't get him dragged underneath the bus until, you know, uh, you're, you're on the runway. And then you finally get this, you're just throwing one thing at the audience after another. And I think it kind of allows the audience to focus and, I actually like that, that he takes a long time to say it because um, maybe he's still working it on his head. But actually, just be <laughs> I love his delivery. Arizona Wildcats. <laughs> I'd want to know um, what team it is. Yeah, I'd want to know what team it was. <laughs> and what if he wasn't a football fan? Yeah. They never ooh. find
0: – What if he's a hockey uh, fan? But-
1: Arizona. Yeah, do exactly. You, do you have a hockey team? Are they
0: the Coyotes?
1: <laughs> yeah, we're a couple of years away from the Coyotes here. There's no way he's going to be able to connect the dots. But also, the logo on her shirt is, I don't know, the the size of a quarter? And this grainy CCTV camera behind the bus mirror, he somehow can see the Arizona Wildcats logo. And it doesn't even say Wildcats, so obviously we saw him watching football earlier. I didn't even notice that either. He
0: was watching football, that's how he knew. What a great script. What a smart little cookie Dennis Hopper is. (laughs) Because <laughs> he wrote the movie. <laughs> Indeed. Good on you,
1: Dennis. <laughs> he can do it all. He could be the love interest to Hayden Christensen. <laughs> he could write Joss Whedon dialogue. He's Dennis Hopper. <laughs> I'm so da- sad he's dead now. Thanks, Ben. Yeah, um, well,
0: I just not believe you didn't know that.
1: <laughs> I probably did like 10 years ago. I just forgot <laughs> somehow. But, um, yeah, the-, the CCTV thing, this is where he notices the camera. And I, I was saying earlier about it. You were, you were asking about, you know, oh, are, were other people influenced on how to take over buses from this movie? And I was like, well, not necessarily terrorists, but there was something because um, th- it was probably like this everywhere in the world. But at least here in Winnipeg, maybe within a year of Speed coming out, I saw on the news uh, w- one day the movie Speed is influencing, you know, the the city council of Winnipeg to make changes to Winnipeg Transit. And I was watching like <laughs> – Just hoping I'd see something about speed. But it turns out that their news story was, you know, in the movie Speed, a camera on the bus, you know, was able to allow the terrorists to see everything. You know, Winnipeg Transit is now going to implement in in select buses, hidden cameras so that they can protect the passengers and protect the drivers because it started to become an issue of like driver safety and all that. And within, I don't know, a little over a year of this movie coming out, you started to see those cameras on buses. Uh, the same way you saw it in Speed. And I'm sure that this is a normal thing everywhere in the world now. I don't know if all cities decide on this after Speed, but with Winnipeg, it was a result of the movie Speed that they said, let's put cameras on our buses, which is the reason that all buses are monitored to this day. Do you Uh, have that there?
0: No, we had that in Hobart. I remember when they put cameras on buses. Um, I didn't realize I had to thank Dennis Hopper for it. So uh, (laughs) Dennis the man. Of course.
1: (laughs) It's, all, it's Dennis... all Dennis
0: Hopper.
1: It's... He gets all the he, credit. Makes... <laughs> he makes municipal changes in government now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just love that. What He's other a... movies, what other movies could you have that in? Like due to Titanic, icebergs will now be destroyed in the middle of the water. Like just <laughs> random things. Due to Star Wars Episode 2, sand will be smoothed out and no longer be coarse and rough and irritating and get everywhere.
1: <sighs> um so this leads to Keanu having an idea where he says, you know, is that, are those news crews still around? And then Joe Morton goes to the news van. And I love the news van guy. This guy's another one of the great characters in like three lines in the movie where he's saying, you know, there is a signal uh, being transmitted from that bus. Can you intercept that signal? So now the police's idea is, OK, we're going to take this video footage that Dennis Hopper's spying on the bus. This is how he always knew, even if the cameras are out of there, he knew what was going on on the bus. I want you to make a tape of them just not moving and then loop it over and over again. And Joe Morton is, like, getting really short with this guy. He's like, okay, tape it, tape it, tape it. And It's taping. (laughs) This guy gets really upset with him. And then later when he's like, okay, we only have 60 seconds, but we're running out of fuel. You got to run this tape now. So he's like, run it, run it. And the guy's like, okay, it's running. So this guy went from being furious with Joe Morton a second ago and really impatient to suddenly being the most patient guy in the world as he continues to get screamed at. But, again, it's such a clever thing that – We've seen movies like this, like we talked about, the Die Hard, you know, on a boat, Die Hard on a train, Die Hard uh, on a train, and we have Die Hard on a bus. This is what sets it apart from even Die Hard, is that you have these clever ideas. We're like, you know, I don't know if any other writer would have thought of that. Like, how do you get the people in so much jeopardy that even if they're at an airport, you know, the guy's still on top of them, and then throw this twist out there that they're being monitored. This wasn't something that was normal at the time. A lot of credit to the screenwriting in this movie and just how they pulled this off without revealing it. Uh, Now we finally have the tape looping. Dennis Hopper was away from his screen for a minute. And we have the shot where he comes back from the washroom, flushes the toilet, and then walks out and zips himself up without washing
0: his hands. Oh, there we go. There's his negative. That's a deal breaker with Dennis Hopper.
1: Well, I mean, at this point. You know, people were still thinking, well, maybe Harry can come back and be the real villain. This is what seals the deal that Hopper is the real villain. (laughs) He does not wash his hands after going to the bathroom. He's a villain in my book. Um, We finally have the escape from the bus here. So they're looping the tape. So now Dennis Hopper is just seeing a tape being played of them all standing on the bus, not moving, really. And it's no longer being transmitted, so they can do whatever they want. The passengers all get off the bus one at a time, but Sandra Bullock and Keanu Reeves... They have to rig the pedals and the wheel. I don't know why, because, again, this runway is long enough that he could be dragged underneath it without making a turn. But they have to rig the wheel. They escape in that access panel. It's a really cool scene as the bus is starting to spin out of control because of the tires. Uh, They're lowering themselves on this little wheeled access panel underneath the bus. They finally let go. You get the heroic love music that's playing. The bus goes out of control, blows up in a plane, kills a pilot, But everybody's happy because they're about to get it on until Sandra Bullock says, you know, I heard their relationships that start under intense circumstances never work out. And he's like, oh, really? That's too bad. Um, So just before we jump into, I guess, the climax of the movie here, uh, they're free of the bus. I remember thinking, still being kind of disappointed. I'm like, there's more left in this movie, but I wanted to see more of the bus. Uh, But they find a way to to change everything with the audience because as they're tending to Keanu and Sandra – uh, Dennis Hopper's calling, saying, where's my money? And Keanu Reeves has to remind Joe Morton, he doesn't know the bus blew up. So he's like, okay, tell him the money will be there in you know, 30 minutes or something like that. So they're going to make the drop of the money with Dennis Hopper still thinking that it's going his way and that they're still on the bus. And that'll kind of lead us into the climax there.
0: I don't think there is a pilot on board because if you actually watch it, there's, because they're pulling it with like a crane and then you see like two or three guys jump out of the crane going like, oh my God, we survived. So... Yeah, I- so, but there still was a driver there. So, well, I like to know how they survived that explosion. <laughs> like, just, it's, um, this was FC4 to blow a hole in the world, yes. as Jack explained. Um, I, I liked the bit earlier when um, Jack gets off the bus and then uh, Gigantor is basically talking to Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock's like, get behind the yellow line! <laughs> <laughs> I do like that moment. Um. Yeah, I I did know that about Jeff Daniels potentially being the villain. Uh, I kind of think that would have been a very interesting twist. I would have been on board with that. That would have been cool. Uh, but it's still like I'm with you. I think it is a very shocking moment when he gets blown up. Poor old Jeff Daniels. Um, he's reborn. That's you know he survived that explosion and just lost all his IQ. Then he befriended Jim Carrey, and that's how dumb and dumb it yeah. became. Like <laughs> like to always connect these movies to be part of the same world. And um, you connect that to the men. How do I connect that to what? The newsroom. Uh, he then got smart and became a news anchor. Uh, <laughs> you remember
1: yeah. how the news crews actually saved the day with the bus.
0: <laughs> all those years that Jim Carrey's in hospital uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for dump too. Um Yeah, why doesn't the news report that this bus is... Like, if this is breaking news and you've got the camera crews, like, mm. is there a bit where they say, like, do not report that we're getting off the bus? Like... You know, in this day and age when there's, what, 30,000 TV networks, there'd be people on their mobile phones and everything along those lines. Like, this is breaking news. The bus that was going to blow up has run into a plane. There's a huge explosion. c 4s put a hole in the earth. Um, And, you know, Dennis Hopper's surely going to find that out. Uh, But I I was thinking, like, when they go to the airport, I was, like, when I was watching this, going, like, well, you know, yeah, the airport's a good idea, but why don't they go to, like, a racetrack or something like that? But then I've actually read here that the initial script... Um, had the bus to drive around Dodgers Stadium due to the ability to drive around in circles and then would have eventually uh, ended with the bus running into the Hollywood side and destroying it. Uh, I kind of want to see that. That sounds cool. Um, But it obviously didn't happen. But did they do the actual stunt with Sandra Bullock and Keanu Reeves on the little dolly thing underneath it or was that not them?
1: I don't know. Actually, I'd like to look that up. Yeah, maybe you. Can, I mean, if you zoom in, it looks like at least a couple of shots might be them, But it, maybe it's sped up or something. But yeah, that's it's interesting because we have so many other even complex stunts in this movie that the the actors are involved in. So I wouldn't think that you would have Keanu Reeves jump onto a bus, a moving bus from a moving car, and then say, "No, you can't be on a spinning cart," <laughs> you know, off a bus running into a field.
0: I do um like it when he finds out that Jeff Daniels is dead and he's like fuck you I want to fucking rip your fucking spine off. Uh it would have been I think it would have been better for you to be like I'm going to rip your fucking head off. Like just something like that it would have been, you know, because that would have worked out quite well. Uh, but there there are a couple of shots when they've got the bus uh, I think speeding around uh, when Jack's underneath it, that you can clearly tell they've sped the footage up. Because if you actually look in the background, you can see the people, like the cops, hanging on the cars, and they're just like moving like way too fast, like they're in fast forward. So there are definitely a few shots <laughs> when you can those actually- old time movies from, like, the early <laughs> 1900s. Yeah. <laughs> 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 <That's> the Benny, <laughs> Benny Hill theme <laughs> over the top of it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> or, or you could just have some old time version like... <laughs> <laughs> dun, 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 dun.
0: Played like an organ music. Dun, 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 dun. That's an organ. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, that's an organ. That's the most accurate organ I've ever heard. Dun, dun. It was like you were really playing one right in front of us. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, but yeah, no, absolutely. Dennis Hopper is a real villain because he doesn't wash his hands. Um, <laughs> disgusting. But even then, like, does he believe... I love how, like, I know I'm jumping ahead here, but he's going to realise the footage is because that woman on, you know, her lap moves. But, like, is he legitimately thinking that, like, Jack and all that are just standing still for, like, two hours? Like, Jack, you haven't moved. Like, wouldn't he call? Like, wouldn't he just ring up and go, Jack? And then he realises Jack's hands yeah. not moving. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but it is, it's a cool, it is a cool uh, bit though. Like um, that, that, they can kind of loop that over. And uh, as a journalist, I'm happy for once that the journalists aren't assholes in a movie. You know, they do something good and they're not portrayed as like, oh no, I need this footage. I need to make an exclusive out of this. They just do their job and do as they're told, much like all journalists do. Yeah, I'm sure that's what you would
1: have done in that situation.
0: <laughs> no, I would have just yeah. Actually, no, I would have done that. Yeah, let's not lie. <laughs> um, let's
1: just cut into the climax here. Climax! Uh, Climax! So, oh, I forgot. Alan Ruck gets a stunt. Oh, he does. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, they have that little... I guess platform in between the bus and then the other bus they're loading the passengers onto, and that thing falls as Alan Ruck is you know now all of a sudden the scared old lady at the elevator at the beginning, and he's taking too long and they're dragging that thing and yeah that's Alan Ruck doing that so yeah Alan Ruck real stuntman maybe he's the original Ethan Hunt let's say that he is.
0: I want to say that instead. I believe he turned down the role of Ethan Hunt because uh, he know, did yeah. <laughs> I thought it Cameron and Bueller. Yeah. <laughs> uh
1: yeah. <laughs> uh, I heard that he was up for Eyes Wide Shut and yep. uh Jack Reacher. Yep. The
0: mummy. Yeah, oh yeah, they'll easily turn that down. But because uh, they, they thought he'd be too comparable to Brendan Fraser. So they just like, no, we need to go someone a little bit different.
1: You know, I could have seen him in Risky Business
0: though. Oh, There's uh, one
1: that Alan Ruck would be great at.
0: Yeah. Alan Ruck is Tom Cruise.
1: Yeah, <laughs> they're pretty much the same person, aren't they?
0: They are. Uh, Often get confused. You walk down the street, there's Alan <laughs> oh, no, It's only Tom Cruise. Sorry, Tom. On with your day. Uh, so very quickly, just how the climax just sort of breezes by
1: here. Uh, they're about to make the drop of the money, which they've loaded with the, the paintball or the, the paint explosion in there so that uh, Dennis Hopper can't get away with all the money. Um, Dennis Hopper is still ahead of them, though, and he's watching – and he sees that there's some police officers around there. So he's like, well, I guess I'm going to blow the bus. Only to, at that moment, he's about to blow the bus. See that lady, as you said, who pulls up her skirt just as the tape loops. And you have that little video glitch for a second. So he's onto it. So his plan now is he's going to dress up in his old police uniform, uh, which I love that he was from the Atlanta PD bomb squad. <laughs> and nobody hears questioning. It's like, wait a second. You have no jurisdiction. You're from Georgia. <laughs> Uh, but he's there as they've made the drop and everything, uh, and he's on the scene posing as a police officer, and he pulls Sandra Bullock away. And she says, and she's like, no, no, but Jack, no, Officer Travin wanted me to take care of you personally. Why is she uh, there? So, yeah, why is she there? <laughs> There's I no mean, reason for her to be there.
0: <laughs> let's put her in more peril. This woman hasn't been through enough. Yeah, it's like, you know, if you have any form of trauma like this, you don't get the... You know, nine eleven again. You don't get somebody who's just like survived the World Trade Center and shove them in a van. Wait right over there near that Arab-looking guy. That's fine. Nothing will happen. Like it's or I mean... maybe,
1: maybe she's just really anxious to go home, have some sex. It's <laughs> like I'll tag along. I don't want to wait.
0: I'd want to find out what type of sex it is.
1: Yeah. <laughs> 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 um. <laughs> so they're watching this garbage can that they planted the money in, and they're like, you know, it's it's too long. How come he's not taking it? And all of a sudden, oh wait, turn on the tracker. And they're like, wait, but it has the money hasn't moved. They turn it on, and all of a sudden they see that the tracker is moving, even though the garbage can hasn't been uh, disturbed. Jack knocks over the garbage can, sees that there's a hole underneath this thing. So Dennis Hopper will probably had this plan the whole time. He's like, I'm going to go from underneath it in case they are watching me. And now he's chasing him through the subway tunnels. Uh, he eventually catches up with Dennis Hopper, and we get our uh, another one of the trailer moments that played like in every single one where he gives the pop quiz hot shot. Uh, and he's turning on Dennis Hopper. He thinks Dennis Hopper, like he can't tell, Dennis Hopper does not have shoulder length brown hair and a very <laughs> feminine figure. <laughs>
0: and Damn, Dennis very... Hopper's got a nice ass. Hmm. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, a very clean leg. Those clean legs should have given it away for him. <laughs> no, it's clean. It <laughs> can't be him. Um, but, yeah, he turns around. He thinks it's Dennis Hopper. He's like, turn around. And you see it's Sandra Bullock. She's got the bomb strapped to her. Again, the, the audience has not been included into this. I love how every time something new is revealed, it's like they cut out the first 10 seconds that set up that scene. They're like, we're going to drop you right into it, and you'll figure it out. Now, all of a sudden, he's got the same situation the movie started with, except it's Sandra Bullock instead of Jeff Daniels, who's being taken hostage, and he can't do anything about it. Uh, Dennis Hopper hops onto a subway, shoots his machine gun off. So everybody runs. Uh, now he's on the train. Keanu is chasing it. He dives on top of the train. We get, again, some really exciting stuff because of the, the speed that the train is speeding at. <laughs> uh, we get like the near misses with that little, you know, siren light that's overhead. Uh, Dennis Hopper hears him on top of the train. So he starts blowing holes in the roof. Keanu's dodging all over the place. Sajid Bullock is chained to the the post or whatever, and also I love we get a little cameo here. Uh, did you spot, um, or maybe you're already aware the the driver of the train
0: here? It's Eddie. It's somebody... Eddie Car. It's Eddie. Yeah, <laughs> Eddie Car from Richard the Lost Chip. World. <laughs> yes, there he uh, is. Which... There's Eddie.
1: Oh. <laughs>
0: Hashtag Justice. For Eddie, Eddie lives.
1: <laughs> uh, I guess. This train driver lived, and then he died as Eddie later on. Does he Uh, live?
0: He gets shot up.
1: No, no, I'm saying we're connecting the dots with Jeff Daniels. Did Did you
0: see a different version of this film? Yeah. (laughs) And then he somehow finds his way to the West Wing. Yes. And then he's in Batman vs Superman. Yeah. Oh, man, what a man. Look at this cast. (laughs) who, Who would you rather, Richard Schiff or Dennis Hopper?
1: You know what else is exciting is that Richard Schiff, uh, just scanning through his filmography here, we got another connection. Another another connection, which maybe if we have time for bonus episodes, we might be able to come up with it. But uh, apparently, he was in an episode of Terminator the Sarah Connor Chronicles.
0: Oh, that's a good show. Underrated show.
1: He's all over the place in everything Oz Network. Like, he's catching up to Schwarzenegger and Tim Allen and Keanu here.
0: And Jan DeBont.
1: And Jan DeBont, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Richard Schiff month coming. I'm sure that that's on the plot keywords. It's just Richard Schiff in a movie, and we can have a Richard
0: Schiff month. Well, he was also in Forces of Nature, starring Sandra Bullock.
1: Oh, was he really?
0: Yeah, I he kind was... of like
1: that movie. Does that make me a disgusting person?
0: I don't know if I've ever seen it. Is that that's not the one where Ben Affleck misses the plane or something? And yeah, uh, it, is. it is that one. Uh, oh, maybe I have seen that one. Eh, uh, it, it's been a while. Maybe
1: we'll cover it once. Our list is getting very long. Oh, it's got uh, more tinny
0: in it. Aww.
1: Great movie. It, or at yeah, least it, it was when tinie. I saw it.
0: Ben Affleck. He, uh, there's, there's a man.
1: <laughs> Depends on what we're talking about. <laughs> um, we get the fight scene on top of the train here. And here's one of the cheesiest moments that, for some reason, I do not groan. When they're fighting and, you know, uh, Dennis Hopper's talking about, you know, I've got you, Jack, because he's pinned him against the train. He's like, because I'm smarter. And Keanu, who's already dodged one of these flashing siren things, just starts choking him and holding his head up. And then we get the decapitation of Dennis Hopper and Keanu Reeves delivering what, again, could have been one of the worst one-liners in movie history. was, yeah, well, I'm taller. <laughs> and I love that line. Like, am I crazy for loving that line?
0: No. it's. it's I mean, it's... Again, it's one of these ones that really shouldn't work, but it's just such a... (laughs) It's just Keanu Reeves saying, it. Yeah, well, I'm taller. (laughs) Uh, He really sounds like Ryan Lochte, Keanu Reeves.
1: (laughs) That's a terrible thing to say.
0: (laughs) I'm a man in the morning, and I'm a man in... Whatever the hell that (laughs) saying was.
1: Uh, So he comes back in, and he's like, uh, you know, the, the train won't slow down, you know, we're going to have to jump, and Sandra looks like, well, then take me with you, and suddenly realize, I don't have a key. And the the way that that scene's played dramatically, again, with the pauses, where he's just looking at her, she's like, what, what is it? He goes, I don't have a key. And she's like, no, seriously, unlock me. And it's like, I, I don't have a key. And she starts <laughs> freaking out. There's a lot of believability there, again, with the panic that they have. Um, suddenly, he comes up with a plan. He's like, I know what I'll do. And this is the one part where I don't mind it as much anymore, but I remember seeing it for the first time and just groaning. He goes, I'm going to speed it up, like the train. <laughs> and you're just thinking, how is that supposed to work? Like
0: We haven't had enough of this. can he slow but- it down? Like he literally goes to the button to speed it up, right? I know the emergency stop doesn't button hmm. doesn't work, but pulling that down does the opposite, mate. It slows the train down. Like, can't you just do that instead?
1: Yeah, I'd probably have to watch it to see if it was already like If that. There's no way that is the slowest speed. You're right. Hmm. So, yeah, it-, it would be completely possible to do that. Like, you're going to crash, but at the very least, it's going to be a very weak crash. If you're going – this train probably already at this point is going over 100 kilometers an hour. You're speeding it up to maybe at 150, and you could have slowed this down to 40. I think you live crashing at 40. That's mm-hmm. just my guess.
0: Yeah. No, I agree. But it's still- just, it's just an odd decision. Like, that speeding up will make it better. Like, oh, what, because the movie's called Speed? <laughs> like, it's not called Slow. It's called Speed. <laughs>
1: Although, coincidentally, the original title that Graham Yost had in his script was Minimum Speed, and they decided to <laughs> drop the Minimum because they said it's going to be negative for audiences to hear the word Minimum in a movie. I don't know how that works, but uh, apparently Minimum had to be removed from the title.
0: Yeah, no. But uh, they minimum. have to go
1: Maximum here because he wants to jump the track because the track – here we have – again, you're throwing it on the audience, and I kind of groaned. I don't mind as much now, but you have Joe Morton saying, Jack – The track is out. Now we're just repeating the same scene we already saw. And then he speeds it up. Um, It's actually very dramatic the way that those two play it. Like they actually do believe they're about to die. uh, But they're like, this is the only chance we have. The train speeds up. It does go off the track. There's workers everywhere, which again, there was no way you could have radioed ahead. You can radio the train. There's no way you could radio ahead and say, there's a train that's not stopping. Clear your workstations immediately. (laughs) You will die uh this thing jumps the tracks it crashes through a brick wall lands in the middle of a street somewhere in los angeles there's like a tourist van there which biggest missed opportunity in this movie why did we not have alan ruck jumping out of that tourist van at the end <laughs> it's jack and uh annie i've already seen jack and annie <laughs> even if you don't have that one liner on the end how great would it have been just so that you've already got the the track is out. We're going to speed it up. If Alan Ruck appears, what a perfect ending to the movie. That's my <laughs> only complaint. Uh, I really wish we'd had that. Uh, we have the uh, final lie, which is great. Uh, I hear that uh, relationships under intense circumstances never work out. Okay, we'll just have to base ours on sex. <laughs> going to go home, have some sex. <laughs> and that's what they're going to do as Billy Idol speed plays in the end credits. Great song, uh, song that most people don't even remember. Maybe because by the time this movie came out, like it wasn't like Billy Idol. It was just the wrong time. I think this movie was in production as like grunge was taking over, and Poor when they Idol. started, well, I'm Billy Idol, you know, two years earlier when they probably asked him, "Can you do a theme song for a movie called Minimum Speed?" <laughs> and then he had to drop his lyrics, and he wasted all his time on this movie. He was huge, and by the time, the time this comes out, it's like Billy Idol. But still, I think it's a great song. Uh, but yeah, we missed Alan Ruck on the end, but at least we got Billy Idol. And still, some sex.
0: I still get that reaction for Billy Idol. Billy Idol! <laughs> uh, Billy Idol! <laughs> Billy Baldwin! Uh, <laughs> no one's ever uttered that sentence, don't be silly. Um, <laughs> yeah, I when he digs underneath and he's got the bin, like, how does all the rubbish just not fall on top of him? Like, why is there not, like, Coke cans and shit, like, dangling down there? Or or are there, and we just don't see them? Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's a great... It's 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 kind of an ending that I always forget is... It goes by very quickly, the way they kind of do it. But, um, yeah, there's just so, one of these ones where there's so many different levels. Like, as soon as he's decapitated, you think, well, oh, that's it, but then, no, we've got to speed up the train and everything along those lines, so... Um, I don't really have a whole lot to add, but I I love the fact that just Dennis Hopper gets decapitated. Uh, yeah. I love a good decapitation in a movie, like <laughs> kind of your burning of bodies. It's like decapitation. I wanted like I wanted them to cut into like Austin Powers. Though not a good time to lose one's head. He'll never be the head of a major corporation. <laughs> 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 I guess that's he not got the a way to get ahead in. in life. <laughs> <laughs> and that's enough. Okay. <laughs> um, but other than that, it's great. Yeah, I didn't think about Alan Rock coming out of that tour bus. How, I,
1: every single time I watch this movie, I think, "What?" I remember seeing it the very first time and be like, "There's a tourist van. He's gonna come back." And no, it didn't happen.
0: I think that tour, that company's like a real company because I'm pretty sure when I did the Hollywood Homes tour when I went to LA the first time, I think it was on that Starline Tours or whatever it is. So, um, Alan Ruck sadly wasn't on my tour bus either. So, um, yeah. Because you want to go to Alan Ruck's house. He's not going to be in his own tour bus. Like, you know, when you, when you go to the Hollywood Hills and here's Alan Ruck's house, Alan Ruck's house. <laughs> He's invited us all to come inside and have some milk and cookies. Um, <laughs> That's the type of guy Alan Rockies. is. <laughs> um, yes, more movies need to end with Billy Idol. That's all I'll say. <laughs>
1: um, I'm doing a little count here. Um,
0: of Billy I want to do the...
1: <laughs> no, we'll get to that. Uh, I just... I plot keywords. <laughs> Something I don't think has ever happened before on here, and I don't know why. But anyways, let's go through speed here. Uh, box office. So... Uh, I already mentioned this was basically, I think, eighth place overall for the year, uh, which puts it exactly where Mission Impossible Fallout would have been this past year. Uh, Movie made $121 million domestically, uh, $229 overseas, so $350 million worldwide in 1994. Um, This movie opened with $14 million on opening weekend. Now, obviously, inflation, things have changed since then, but I did a little math here to find out what the equivalent of that would be. Because here we have a movie that's overall box office gross domestically would be the equivalent of about $250 million today. Hmm. Uh, and if you look at last year, movies that made over $250 million, you have seven movies that did that. So this actually would have grossed more than even Mission Impossible Fallout today. Uh, but only opening with $14 million, that's the equivalent of about a $31 million opening. So word of mouth on this and how it just stuck around – Week after week after week, I think it is kind of goes back to what I was saying about this just being a movie that just caught on and just, like, it, it really captured a huge audience that, that hadn't really liked The Notebook, we mentioned, you know, before. Um, but the movie, you know, obviously opened number one in its first weekend, uh, does $14 million. Other movies that uh, came out that weekend – hold on, this loaded the wrong page uh, – so the Flintstones <coughs> was not <in> its...
0: <coughs> Oh, don't choke on the Flintstones. Ah. Just because it's got Halle choking Berry on, in I it. Love...
1: Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say John Goodman, but you have to go. There. Oh, what's wrong um... with John Goodman? No, I love John Goodman. That's what I'm choking on.
0: God, calm down. Choking
1: on my disgust <laughs> for Halle Berry. How about that? Uh, so Speed opens number one. The Flintstones movie, which is another movie I love, in its third weekend was number two with $12.5 million. City Slickers 2 The Legend of Curly's Gold was the competition for Speed. That made eleven and a half million dollars. Speed was only two million dollars higher than the number two movie when it came out, and only three million dollars higher than City Slickers 2, The Legend of Curly's Gold. Like this movie was not title. huge. <laughs> and again, considering this is an R-rated movie, you know, 14 million or the equivalent of 30 million today is still probably pretty decent. Uh, but other movies out, Maverick was in its fourth weekend, number four, Renaissance Man, oh. number five, Beverly Hills Cop 3, number six, The Cowboy Way, When a Man Loves a Woman, The Crow, there's a great movie, Four Weddings and a Funeral, and its 14th week was still uh, rounding up the top ten. Uh, so, a lot of competition that week. It, it, I mean, 1994, we mentioned it last week, easily the most competitive weekend, or the competitive weekend. The year of 94 was the most competitive weekend. Um, but the year 1994, competitive overall. But yet, the week after this comes up, the second weekend, Speed is bumped from the number one spot by Wolf.
0: <laughs> Who um, remembers Wolf? I was about to say, do, are we, am I meant to remember Wolf? Like
1: That, that was um, a, a werewolf a wolf? movie with uh, Michelle Pfeiffer and oh. Jack Nicholson. Oh. <laughs> uh, what a duo. But Speed only lost 10% of its gross in its second weekend. Uh, In its third weekend, it still was number two. This time, it was competing with The Lion King, which blew everything away. But Speed now loses only 4%. So in its first three weeks, it lost only 14% of its audience from one week to the next. And this would just go on and on. The next week, loses only 10%. I mean, the staying power of this movie is just insane. Um, What else do we have to cover here? Reviews. It won two Oscars. It won two—it was nominated for three Oscars and won two of them for both of the sound categories, but it lost editing. That, that's right, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Robbed okay. for editing. Um, I don't know what one editing. I should find that out, shouldn't I? What did we? Uh, keep talking. I'll find out.
1: Okay. Um, I was just Googling Rotten Tomatoes here. Uh, still has a 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, this is almost at the level for kind of a—you would consider a more brainless action movie— this thing has, like, Mission Impossible-level reviews for an action movie. It's crazy that still to this day, this is what I was saying at the beginning of the episode, how well this holds up uh, years later. Um, let me see if I can find any decent reviews here. Believe it or not, the most exciting movie of the year takes place mainly in an elevator, on a city bus, and on a train car. 100% true. Um Do we have any other good ones here? Uh, Keanu Reeves and Dennis Hopper are fun to watch as the dueling protagonist and Sandra Bullock is fetching as an astonished commuter who finds herself behind the steering wheel. Uh, Pure adrenaline pumping entertainment of the highest order. Mm. These all could have been played on the trailer. Uh, I can't really find any bad reviews because there mostly weren't any, but uh, yeah, obviously got great reviews. Plot keywords. Now, this is what I'm excited about. Now, I'm not going to read all these. I just want to say... I'm looking at a page here. Now, I scrolled down a bit, and I found a section where you're going to see some similarities here. Uh, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Okay. So tw- 12 out of 20 that are on my page right now have very similar plot keywords. And I'm really struggling um, but to figure out why this is such a big deal. But pretty legs month, <laughs> short skirt month. Woman wearing a miniskirt, girl wearing a miniskirt, thong panties month, oh, um, slender legs month, camera shot of a woman's legs month, leg month, legs month, miniskirt month, woman wearing a short skirt month, girl wearing a short skirt, all of those without scrolling down. Now, why am I missing something? <laughs> we have one shot that, that even shows you she's sitting down the whole movie. The only shot that you could even tell she's wearing a mini skirt, and I would just assume it's summer in Los Angeles. She's dressed <laughs> appropriately, is when he's examining the pedal, and they have that line, which was Sandra Bullock adding that thing about the where he's like, "No, it's clean." That's all you have in the movie. This movie has got to be one of the least sexualized portrayals ever for a female lead in an action movie, like least ever. And so why are all these plot keywords on here? I don't understand. I, In no way is she sexualized in this movie. But we have to find out, just because Ben demands it, what else will be included when we do Thong Panties Month coming next year. (laughs) And we got some good ones here. Um, One that Uh, I'm sure you're very excited about. Eternal Sunshine and the
0: Spotless uh, Speed.
1: uh, We're the Millers. And Coyote Ugly. I would cover uh, Coyote Ugly in a second. Uh, Did you say you would watch it or you wouldn't? I would watch Coyote Uzzling. Oh, go away. <laughs> um, no. Camera shot of a woman's legs month. We'll <laughs> look at that one too. Uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. That comes up all the time. It's Destiny. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 2, Baby Driver, Basic Instinct. Not and The month. Nun. Maybe, the Nun. Maybe the worst movie I saw all of last year.
0: What about uh, good I good Month? Upskirt Up the month. Upskirt month. Found that. Upsk- Upskirt month featuring Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, <laughs> Wonder Woman, Pulp Fiction, and Basic Instinct, <laughs> followed by Casino Royale. So there you go. There's a good five weeks there. We're really selling Scott Pilgrim vs. the World for
1: Ben here, but like <laughs> I- I'd be sorry to disappoint that you probably see as much sexualization in that movie as you do in Speed. I think no. there is one shot of a woman in panties, and you also have Michael Sarah. In tidy whities in the exact same shot, so it's I, I not love, like uh,
0: with the with this the plot keyword. You just have Jew as a plot I keyword. Know. What? What? Who's? And what? That's what? I
1: also say that we have back to back to back cop, fuzz, pig, and bacon. <laughs> oh,
0: Somebody does not like cops in this one. Man month, knife month. <laughs> Bar Um, Month, Map Month, oh, Map Month, can we?
1: I'm going to put up Vanity License Plate Month, (laughs) you're getting the excitement here, featuring That's My Boy with Adam Sandler, Speed, The Accused,
0: and One Crazy Summer. No, I top that with Studio Logo segues into Film Month, Um, (laughs) (laughs) featuring Thor Ragnarok, Beauty and the Beast, It, and The Mummy, 1999 version. (laughs)
1: Um let's see if we can find anything more this is like I don't even know who's who's writing the plot keywords, but like this is the worst ever. Why is there interracial friendship in speed? Like, <laughs> <laughs> there's colleagues. Um <laughs> Captain Marvel, Sex Education, Robin Hood, and Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh Aww. this is
0: terrible. <laughs> Explosion if vehicle stops month. Now speed is not number one. <laughs> oh, thank God it is. Speed is number one. <laughs> Executive Decision is number two. Shinkansen Daibaku is number three. And The Doomsday Flight is number four. <laughs>
1: so. uh, I'm going to capital off here with the one that we really need to end on, which is Die Hard Scenario Month. <laughs> and if Die Hard is not number one, there is something wrong with it. The Avengers Age of Ultron? What? The Blind Spot, the TV series, The Magnificent Seven? Captain Skyscraper Mer- the is Sw-
0: above... We're, Die Hard's number 11!
1: <laughs> we're scrapping Die Hard Scenario Month.
0: Skyscraper uh, is number 6. Oh, the fifth element. Leon the Professional. Yeah, I can get behind that. Um, but Die Hard 11? Gold Knight 13? Just
1: bizarre. Um, anyways, what are we going to do with this? Buy it, rent it, bin it. I think the only thing we have not bought this month for anniversaries was the notebook, which we both binned. I'm easily buying this one. That's that's obviously... I don't even have to explain it. I am buying this movie. What about you?
0: Yeah, definite bin. It's terrible. I hate it. It's shit. I prefer The Notebook better. Um, of course, it's a buy. Worst of the ever
1: evolving man staring at woman's <laughs> bare legs.
0: Yeah. Uh, this, yeah, definite buy. Um, any sane person would buy this movie. Um, sorry to all the people out there who hate this movie, but you're wrong. Uh, you just admit it. You're wrong. You probably like The Notebook, board so that's probably why you don't like or- this movie
1: but according to Rotten Tomatoes, nobody hates this movie because we can't find exactly. any bad reviews.
0: Exactly. This is, like the,
1: this is like the best reviewed movie that we've done on any anniversary month. I think... Can you look up 2001 A Space Odyssey and see what that's rating is on Rotten Tomatoes?
0: I reckon I could, but I reckon I would agree with you that no one oh. else would... Because, you know, it's not that good. Um, well, it wasn't that bad either. 2001 Space Odyssey. Um, uh, they're all the articles of what does it mean? What does it mean? Uh, <laughs> on Rotten Tomatoes. On... There. 93% Tomato meter. So, 89% speed, audience score.
1: Speed shares the highest rated anniversary movie we've ever covered in three years of doing this. With two thousand one A Space Odyssey. That's crazy.
0: Doesn't Jurassic Park um, have a higher one? No. Oh, is this only an anniversary, anniversary, anniversary Month? Oh, I gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Um,
1: anyways, we should explain what is coming next because we've reached the end of Anniversary Month, although as we've teased, there may be some bonus episodes coming later. Um I'm sure we've explained many times. We've got some big things coming up. Um, primarily Jamie and I have twins coming. Uh which by the time you're hearing this episode is probably gonna be only within a few weeks. Uh, and we were planning on doing biopic month, but we're, we're more excited about the things that are coming after that, that we don't want to miss. Uh, we don't want to run into a situation where we do biopic month and we talk about Bohemian Rhapsody for the eighth time. Uh, and I leave the podcast as a result of that. And we don't end up getting to star Wars, which is going to take up pretty much all of the fall and winter. Uh, Because we're going to cover all Star Wars movies. We don't even know how long these episodes are going to go. So biopic month, at least on hold. Uh, We're going to try to get these things recorded in advance. And then if we have time later on, we can throw some of these in as bonus episodes. Or maybe just do one or two um, biopic movies. But uh, we're going to have a bit of a break just from these regular recaps in May. uh, Although Jamie has insisted that she will come on despite being this close to delivering twins. Because John Wick three is cha- uh, John Wick Chapter 3 is coming out, and uh, I'm going to get Jamie on here to talk about John Wick 1 and 2, so we can recap those for what is, I believe, probably the second greatest action franchise of all time, next to Only Mission Impossible, John Wick, which is just th- the first one great, second one incredible. Then after that, we are going to be doing what, Ben?
0: Um, well, you decided to do this. Um, live Action Disney Month! Yeah! Yay! <laughs> Which, okay, admittedly, three live-action and then one we're just going to do the original that they're remaking because it's stupid that they're remaking it into live-action because it's not really live-action, but whatever. Um, so, in celebration, there's, what, three, four live-action Disney movies coming out this year, but in celebration of the one that I think most people are looking forward to, The Lion King, um, we will do uh, Maleficent, um, yeah. <laughs> Beauty and the Beast... And then that will just be Colin and myself, and then uh, Mallory will be welcoming back onto the show, as she will join me as we do uh, The Jungle Book, the newest live-action remake one, because they did one in the 90s, didn't they? This is the the Jon Favreau version. Uh, And then we're going to do the original Lion King, which I am actually looking forward to doing, because that is a great movie, and they're going to probably butcher the shit out of it by doing a, quote, live-action version, which it's not live-action, it's fucking animated. (laughs) why are we doing this like (laughs) well i
1: mean we're obviously doing it because there are four disney live action movies coming out and this really has changed movies or at least changed disney um uh, partly we're doing this because the one we're gonna most likely kick it off with maleficent is a movie that i hate so much and i see so many issues with that. people i don't feel like a lot of people there this isn't a love movie but people don't get how bad it is. This is one of these situations where I'm like, I need to share with the world how bad Maleficent is. Uh, and, and Beauty and the Beast, I reserve my opinions because I don't even think I stayed awake for the whole thing. Uh, I'm sad that we can't – or I can't be on the Jungle Book episode, but obviously I'm going to have a couple of babies to raise. Um, we got four movies coming out. I mean, we've already stacked Disney Live Action Month for next year, just with the movies released this year. Uh, but we're going to have to talk about the bad ones first. Uh, so stay tuned for that.
0: Well, the, the original Lion King's not bad. I'll stand up for that, but it's not live action. It's not
1: Live action. More live action than the new one, probably.
0: <sighs> oh, like, just, just <laughs> stop it, Disney. It's just not needed. It's stupid. I wanted to see real lions in that movie, but then you release the trailer, and no, they're not real, are they? I don't care what you, you say. You know, there's a great movie that proved you could do
1: live action combined with obvious like some computer generation that you would need uh did you ever see the movie with guy pierce i'm sure an australian legend uh, called two brothers
0: i don't think i've ever heard of it. i thought you were about to talk about the life of pie but never mind <laughs> <laughs> Played the wrong um, horse of that one no i've not i don't think i've ever heard that movie before
1: that that's uh, a movie guy pierce kind of has a support role but the movie is mostly following these two tigers that are brothers and just their separate stories and how they come together. You know, it, it, it's less of a kid's movie than the way it sounds, but it's probably also one of these movies that's appropriate for kids, but that's a perfect example of you could do something using real animals, make it something special. Yeah. The live action Lion King. I mean, it's, it's a complete waste of time and I don't see that it's going to be popular. I'm also very confused with the way that Disney live action is going because as we're going to talk about Maleficent, they started out by basically saying, we're going to take our animated movies and completely turn it on its head. We're going to almost do a reinterpretation of it, which is what Maleficent was. Now, obviously, that didn't work. But now we're getting stuff like, you know, from what we can tell of The Lion King and definitely from Beauty and the Beast, where it is just almost a shot-for-shot remake, but with people standing in. I just don't understand the point of that. So we're going to have a lot of opinions in this. um, And I'm sure... (laughs) we'll get around to doing the other Disney live actions that are all coming out this year eventually. Or maybe Mm. just a trailer analysis of Blue Will Smith.
0: Well, I mean, look, I can stomach Blue Will Smith because I like Will Smith, but The Lion King, like, I saw Milo and Otis. They used real animals in that. Yeah, Yeah, they may have have killed a couple of them, but still, they still used real animals in it. Homeward Bound? Yes, exactly. That was a great movie. That made me cry. They wanted to go (laughs) home and they liked each other. (laughs) Ben
1: saw Ed. that last week, by the way. Air Bud. Air Bud. Canadian movie. Airbud. Santa Paws. Snow Dogs. They all had real animals in them. Another Canadian franchise. Space Chimps. Excuse me. <laughs>
0: Ed with Matt LeBlanc. I think some of that monkey was real. Wasn't it? Jurassic um, Park. Real Jurassic dinosaurs. Park, yeah.
1: <laughs> uh but yeah we'll have a lot of opinions on that so that's coming soon uh it's i'm sorry we're wrapping anniversary month because i i feel like last year we came up with four movies and we may have struggled to come up with a fifth this year we could have done two months but uh again if we get through things quick enough and if I those twins we'll come out if those twins come out and they're not complete nightmares then maybe we'll find the time to get a couple others in there uh so i'm excited for that but until John Wick Chapter 1 and 2, and then for Ben and I until Disney Movie Month in like a month from now, uh, make sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, subscribe to us on iTunes, and all other podcasts, apps out there. And my name is Colin, and relationships under intense circumstances never work out. So Ben,
0: we'll have to base ours on sex. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> My name is Ben, and I want to know what the ending of a podcast was like. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.